It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is a terrific story, and the story belongs, of course, to the Wimmera trainer in country Victoria, in Steve Lenahan, who had a day out or a day to remember there at Kangaroo Island in South Australia on Thursday. Running on Swiss time. Wide out was Cato Lake. Swiss time goes up, grabs the lead. Swiss time wins the first. In solemn promise, Duramax in front. And Duramax, is it? Uh, no, Padstow Polly, I should say. Just Padstow Polly. Similar colours wins. On still got the tenacity to come on right down the outside. Stealthy Lucas, the rail. Magno Siva, the middle. Have a jewel. I'll be gone. And Muffler, the lake closes. I'll be gone. And Muffler. Oh, don't tell me I'll be gone. Scott up. This would be some Herculean performance. It was a massive performance by All Be Gone because that was the last league of the treble for Stephen Lanahan on Thursday there at Kangaroo Island. And All Be Gone was gone at the start. It basically wanted to go to the outside fence just after the gates were released. Gave the, the field about seven or six lengths, but was still too good. And Stephen joins us on the line now. Good morning to you, Stephen. First of all, mate, it's been a few days since that day out at Kangaroo Island. Has it sunk in yet, what you were able to achieve on that afternoon. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. How are you going? I, um, I'm right back at work now. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> no, we, we did celebrate pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, not, not every day, like over half your horses win on the one day. So that was, um, that was pretty big. Now, did you catch any fish? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we did catch some fish and I, I won there as well. So I had a good weekend. <laughs> so... Is this a, an annual trip that you make to Kangaroo Island in South Australia with your team? Well, well, that's the second time we went. Last year, uh, the races got called off day one, so we took a team of horses, and I think only one horse raced for the whole trip. But it, that doesn't matter. We we went over there for more of a social weekend, yeah, and uh, and we learnt a lot about what horse we had to take too, which was probably helped us a lot for this year. So you start the day with Swiss time at $61 and then Padstone Polly wins at $26. Now, how confident were you with those two horses, first of all? Yeah, well, it sounds like you missed the good odds. Yeah, I do. I'm just going the starting price, I should say. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, did, miss, yeah, yeah. I did miss the bloody price. You, you lost me numbers, yeah. Steve. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, now, I, um, I went over there thinking Padstone Polly could win. She's been racing well in a lot stronger class. Yeah. Uh, Swiss time, uh, look, I was trying to get him over a trip and even at 2,400 the race before and, uh, yeah, just didn't get the trip. So I decided to freshen him up and drop him right back in trip. And, um, he did a lot better than what he had been when I had him at that trip earlier. So, um, so no, I didn't expect him to win. I thought he could place, um, when I looked at the field. And I'll be gone. I expected him to win, but yeah. uh, not after the start of the race. I thought he had no chance. So talk us through the bet that you had, if that's okay. No, I don't bet, Gareth. Oh, okay. So who had the? Did someone have? Did someone <laughs> have? Do you believe all, me? No, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was. Yeah, there was a few people who had an all up. I had a little all up as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's 
it's probably not as good as people think. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, there's a couple of people that I know that had a couple of dollars on yep. um, for the all-up, and they, they follow my horses and have a bet on them every time they go round. So that's and for those people, that's life-changing stuff. So they uh, no great return. Is that extra satisfying? Like as you point out, that's life-changing. How how good is that? Yeah, it. Um, it I don't know. These people, they they. Uh, I do get good odds because I'm small trainer. Most small trainers get get juicy odds compared to uh, your bigger stables. Um, and I guess it's worth following. Like even if they only win one in ten, uh, you certainly get your money back. Yeah. So if you just had a dollar all up, you had a bit going on, so I'll be gone anyway for that final leg. Um, what was going through your mind when I'll be gone, missed the kick and wanted to go home basically at the start and headed straight to that outside fence? Did you think, oh, we're in a little bit of trouble here? But um, what yeah, was that's going exact, through your that's mind? That's exactly where, he's, that's where his box was for the oh, week. Oh, was he? Just the other side of that fence. Yeah. Uh, he, didn't so, on, he didn't realise what was on the line. Uh, he, was going, he was going home. Yeah, no one told him. No. Uh, no well, I, I mean, I, I didn't have a big outlay. Um, no. So, you know, you don't worry too much. And it's, um, and look, I think I had a, a Trixie or one of those bets. Yeah. So you, you're, you've already won. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, but it, it didn't matter. Just, I just, I'm not worried about the betting too much. I, because they're my own horses. You yeah. race for the prize money. Uh, and, um, you just want to see your horses run well. Yeah. So even if they're not winning, you want to see them performing well. Um, so, but, I knew that he wasn't out of the race completely. Uh, just depended on what, what sort of tempo was in it. And they went quick, which gave him every chance to run into it late. So describe, so, I, um, yeah. so describe that feeling, mate. Describe that feeling when I'll be gone. He's not only won the race to give you a treble, but the way that he's done it. Like when he's missed a kick like he has, and then all of a sudden he bursts through. What was the feeling like? Yeah, it's enormous, isn't yeah. it? Like, uh, probably a little bit of shock, uh, and especially when there's a photo it has to pop up, and you're waiting for the photo. Uh, <laughs> like, he's a tough old horse, and yeah. that must be his tenth or eleventh win, I think. That was and his a, lo- a lot of yeah. A, yeah, okay. A lot of his wins are tough. Like, he's he's flat out from the eight hundred three four wide because he's always at the back. So it's you know that he's going to keep going. But gee, he had a lot of work to do. It was um, it was a, a real buzz, and uh, I had Jade uh, Jade Smith was there beside me. She strapped all the horses, and uh, well, she probably did most of the work for the weekend actually. <laughs> and uh, she uh, and she her favourite horse is Padstow Polly, who who just won, uh, and it's just great to see the excitement on her face too. Yeah. It's just a real buzz. We were Steve Lanahan, who had a, a day to remember there at Kangaroo Island on Thursday when three of his horses that he basically owns himself and trains saluted at a big price there, and they were well-backed. I'll be going around $8.50. This is the starting price. Swiss time started at $61 in the first, and Padstone Polly at $26. Steve, tell us the journey how you get to Kangaroo Island from Swan um, from Horsham. So, Basically, if you travel from Melbourne, for the people listening around the country, if you travel from Melbourne, you go down the Western Highway, um, past Ballarat, and then you get to Horsham, and that's the road that you keep keep on going to to get to Adelaide. But how do you get to Kangaroo Island with the team? 
Yeah, well, we we try and we kept them on the truck for probably five hours, which is a long time. Um, may have even been a bit more. So we we went down the highway across the border uh, to Mount Barker and turned off there, and then from Mount Barker it's a pretty windy road down towards Cape Jarvis. Um, so we stopped about an hour before Cape Jarvis at Mount Compass and let the horses off for an hour. Yeah. Um, it's a nice big yard and let them have a trot around. And then back on and down to Cape Jarvis, which is an hour onto the ferry for a good hour. Um, and the ferry's pretty hot, so not a lot of airflow. So the horses got pretty warm. And then once you get off the ferry, it's another hour drive to the race course. So it's a, it's a big day for them. Um, and we went over the night, the morning before, left early, and probably got there about 5 o'clock that night. Uh, and, you know, that's what I'm saying. You need to take the right horse that yeah. can handle that for starters and then settle away from home in a, in a little box um, and stay in that box for the three days. That, that was... Um, it's a big trip, big trip yeah. for the horses, oh, and uh, you know it's it sort of makes the horses too, like it toughens them up, ready, you know, for the future. Yeah. What's it like? How do the locals um, approach the, the the Kangaroo Island Carnival? The local, the KI people. Yeah, the KI people. Yep. Yeah, they certainly gets a lot of support. Yeah. Uh, the ferries are chock, uh, chockers uh, for the few days around the carnival with people coming in from Adelaide as well. Um, the, the club puts on a great show, like, you know, quality food um, and, yeah, just good facilities. And the the island is, being a tourist island, means, there's, you know, the restaurants have got a bit of class and the, the pubs have got good food and, you know, the, and the fishing's not too bad either. Do you have a local pub in Horsham, a local football club? Yeah, yeah. Horsham's a decent-sized town. It's yeah. one of the bigger country towns. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, there's a, there's two leagues that are based around Horsham, two football leagues. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, plenty of pubs, half yep. a dozen pubs. So are you a Horsham United man or a Horsham Demon man? No, I'm in the – I like the – I haven't been in Horsham forever. Yeah. Um, so I, I just support the local club, which is Laharam. Okay, beautiful. Well, it's some story when you go to the local football club for training on a Thursday night and um, – <laughs> I'm a bit old for training, mate. No, I know, but you can you <laughs> can be. I can't have a beer. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's my like yeah. I'm I'm from the Mallee in Birch. It used to be a, a, the most enjoyable part of our day when you used to go to the um to the club rooms on a Thursday night to have a beer and see the seniors train before they yeah. take on one of the local sides. But and there's always racing people around the Wimmer or the Mallee in, in Country Victoria, any parts of regional Australia. And I know that the horse trainers etc. are the most popular individuals in town because we all love a punt don't we and everybody knows about everybody's story and everybody would have been cheering on your horses there at kangaroo island oh look the number of local guys that sent text messages yeah even even people that i might not have bumped into for 10 years yeah. it was just messages coming from everywhere it was uh it was um that side of it was good too it depends on who it is there's some people you know it's a you get a lump in your throat when you see that they've they've seen what's going on and you know, they've got some enjoyment out of it as well. It's, uh, yeah, no, a good feeling. Ah, terrific. Even on the means test yesterday with Johnny Hawks and Johnny O'Neill. Uh, Johnny we're talking about some of the big races over the weekend, but you were definitely my highlight over the last week or so. To do what you did there on Kangaroo Island and win 
with those horses at those prices and it had everybody talking in the racing game. You even made Andy Gaze and Andy Mars show on a Thursday or Friday afternoon talking about the win that you had, mate. So it's why I love racing stories like this. So you um, should be so proud, mate, and um, terrific training performance. You've trained the house down to to get those horses to do what they did there at Kangaroo Island and and get them to travel and settle in. Um, Yeah, a masterful training performance. So you should be proud, Steve, mate, and um, enjoy the next week or so as everybody still talks about it anyway. I, I guess it'll be a moment like... I think life's about moments, and this is a, 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 a part of your life that everybody won't forget, the day that Lenahan turned up to Kangaroo Island and stole the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that. Yeah. Now, and I know what's around the corner, too. It's, it's uh, not going to be quite as high. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll bump into another good horse fairly soon. Yep. No, there's no doubt about that. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your yeah. time, and well done. Thank you. He's a great man, Stephen Lanahan. What a story that is to kick off the Bet365 Country Racing Hour here on Giddy Up on this Tuesday morning. Talking about good stories, Nathan Newton has a wonderful yarn to tell. Former jumps jockey that um, trained and rode his first winner the other day at Bendigo. He's been through hell and back the last year after injuring himself quite badly at a ra- in a race fall at Cassetton in Country Victoria. But he trained his first winner and he rode it as well at Bendigo just over a week ago, and I'm looking forward to hearing Nathan's story. So he'll be joining me straight after this here on the Bet365 Country Racing Hour on Giddy Up on this Tuesday morning. Cody joins us now. Good morning, Cody. Good morning, Gareth. How is your star, mate? Yeah, no, he uh, worked this morning. Uh, he had just a soft trial at um, Scone last week and come through that well. And, uh, you know, he galloped as well as he can this morning. And, um, yeah, hopefully... Uh, Stays in one piece till Sunday. So what's the strength of your heat looking like in Tamworth? Uh, about as strong as I've ever seen it, to be yeah. honest, Gareth. Yeah, you wouldn't believe um, it, would you, mate? Yeah, no. It, 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 we've, obviously, with Scone, they've just got some terrific horses and terrific trainers down there, and uh, it makes our heat um, very strong, as is the Goulburn sort of the heat. Yeah. Wagga can be strong, but... Um, Predominantly, uh, just going on ratings, how high you've got to be to be in a, in a uh, heat. Uh, ours is always pretty much the highest. But your horse has been trained for this race. He defeated a really good field, nearly a similar field, you could say, to take out the Country Cup there on the Gold Coast, which was worth a lot of money there, that Magic Millions race. Um, so it might be a little bit tough in the Country Championship, but you definitely got the horse that can go all of the way. For sure, for sure. Uh, he's um, building up a great record now, for sort of five from 15, and he's won at Tamworth. He's trained here. They're all things that um, should help him, and I think I've just worked out how to uh, train him best way to sort of yeah. space in his runs. He hasn't run since uh, the Gold Coast, just had a soft trial. And, um, yeah, he's probably the, the one box he hasn't ticked is the 1,400, but um, he had a go in it last year. Willie Pike rode him, and he was just... He was too immature and struck a really wet track. And he's a, he's a different horse to that horse 12 months ago. So, um, yeah, I think he'll run well. So Ezekiel went around, of course, on the Magic Millions Carnival. And um, I think I pronounced your horse. It's a difficult name to um, say. Oh, but I've had, a few, so. I've had a few yeah. text messages, Gareth. You can't get that wrong. He's an NFL player, they tell me. So we've worked it all okay. out now. Um, yeah. yeah. But that was 14. That was over the 1,200 metres. But it was on him. 
was in testing conditions. Does that also give you a little bit of hope? Yeah, for sure. And obviously, Luke Murrell um, from Australian Bloodstock does all his form and sectionals. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of things there uh, to suggest that he was very strong on the line at 12. And, uh, you know, he feels that he's pretty comfortable to, to run the trip out. So what barrier draw do you want there come Sunday? Uh, geez, I, I would like a, a single digit, probably anywhere from sort of, um, yeah, one to, one to eight with him would be ideal. He does have good tactical speed, but, um, yeah, when you're going out to the trip for the first time, um, drawing soft uh, helps. Yeah, but you're pretty confident, mate. I, I am. Um, I've got a couple others there that uh, I think we've got, I've probably got, uh, I've got four in it. So yeah. uh, hopefully one of them can put their hand up. It's um, it's always a very hard race to win. And uh, yeah, the Scone horses, they're coming up in numbers this year. So uh, we'll have to be at our best. So has the market got it right with your runners? Um, is, uh, is is EKL the, the, the favour of your four? I would say not, to be fair. Okay. Uh, Gareth, I reckon a horse like Suguzu uh, that's come up from, Melbourne, he's, he's got form at Caulfield and things like that. And it's a it's a set weights and penalty race, uh, the country championship. And uh, Zeke will carry 54 at the Gold Coast, and he does have to go to 59. And um, that that's uh, and he'll be giving horses uh, a fair bit of weight. Uh, so I'd probably say on uh, form, a horse like uh, a Zeke, uh, sorry. Uh, Suguzu and, and even Acrophobic, I know it's a long time ago, but, you know, he's run fourth in a group two and, and he's got to give him weight also. So, um, yeah, not a lot between them, but I wouldn't say that Ezekiel should be clear cut. That's So what does it mean, mate, to, to have four runners in your country championship heat there at Tamworth? What does it mean for the town and um, what does it mean for a trainer like you to have four runners engaged and what would nearly be your biggest race now in Tamworth? Yeah, it is. Um, no, it's just great to uh, this, obviously, four or five days, and they've all got to uh, get there in one piece. But uh, uh, I think I've had sort of, uh, I think I had four runners, uh, I think, three years ago, and the other years we've had multiple runners. So it's a race that we always target, and uh, owners come from all over uh, Australia for the week and make a weekend of it. They'll sort of start coming sort of Friday and um, get around the town and, and come to the race on the Sunday and stay the Monday even. So we try and make a weekend of it. And if the horses look like being eligible for the race, it's something that we uh, aim up at because uh, just terrific prize money. And if you are ever lucky enough to make it down to Sydney, it's just a, a great experience. So if you so if you've got four runners all right, and you don't finish in the top two, do you try and go to... The, the race that you can try and qualify outside of your heat? Yeah, for sure. Uh, been lucky enough to qualify twice um, through the wild, wild card. card yeah. So, yeah, it's it's down at Scone, very fair track. And uh, I think I've had uh, Pellerin and then even last year, Edit run second, and which got him into the uh, final in Sydney. So uh, all four of these horses, if they didn't qualify, would, uh, would go to Scone um, in three weeks' time. And it's we're quite lucky that it does that fits in quite well to where it's sort of three weeks to scone. And then if you're uh, lucky enough to go to Sydney, it's a fortnight later. And is it difficult trying to like keep an eye on the other gallopers around country, New South Wales, because looking at the market, there's gallopers, as you point out from Goulburn, they've got that Albury heat mm-hmm. sees a few of the favorites going around as well. And there's some of these horses that you just mentioned aren't even in the market. 
Yeah, for sure. One thing I have, I was only thinking this morning that uh, in years gone by, I've really watched the other horses. But as my stables, uh, I think the first time we won a heat here in Tamworth, I had 18 in work. And uh, this morning we've worked 51 horses. And um, <laughs> I haven't had a... Yeah, I, I don't really watch the other horses anymore. I've got, got enough on my plate. So we just worry about our own and do our best. And races like the country championship and, of course, you targeting of the, the Magic Millions Country Cup there during the Magic Millions Carnival, um, it sees that your team has grown because of the prize money that a country stable can race for now. Oh, for sure. Just even the supporting races on Sunday, Gareth, you know, they're racing for thirty and 40000 in, in restricted uh, country races here on Sunday. We're in a very fortunate position with racing New South Wales and and obviously, look at the highways. They're, they're every pretty much every week, and and then the Kosciuszko later in the year. This we're we're in a very fortunate position. Do you play a part at the classic sales or some of the sales that are going on at the moment, or you're a trainer that just looking for horses sent to you, or homebred gallopers, or tried horses um, that head uh, into your stable? What's the go there? A bit of mixture of everything. We got one uh, down there with um, Group One thoroughbreds. Jeremy has a party. Um, he uh, has a nice mare with me, La Melody. I think she's won three, three from five or something like that. And she ran in a Kosciuszko last year. He purchased one down there. Um, yeah, and there's, I think there's shares available uh, in, in that cult. Um, yep. that, and then we'll head over to Adelaide um, this year. And uh, and then obviously we're always um, Australian Bloodstock's always very active with, with the tried horses. So uh, a real mixture. And then I, I do get a lot of. Uh, fillies out of Melbourne that I enjoyed taking on um, that, you know, to win a couple of races before they go to start in the Hunter Valley and it's something I enjoy doing. So, um, yeah, we've had some nice, uh, I'm invincible fillies uh, for Seamus Mills in the last 12 months. And yeah, they, they come up and they're very hard to beat because they're, they're just so well-bred. Looking at the bet three, six, five market for the country championship, we might have to ask the, the team there if they can put in, um, Sagusa went to the market. I've been looking for Sagusa and I can't find Sagusa in the market. So we might have to get that done, Cody. For sure, for sure. No, I think he's. Um, I think he's just been beaten a couple of times at, at Caulfield. Um, so that's normally um, pretty good form for for a country championships. And um, yeah, he's uh, he's up and about here this morning, so he should run well on Sunday. All right, mate. You go and get them on. Um, Sunday afternoon. Oh, it's a big day for your stable, a big day for the town of Tamworth. How many people will roll out to the Tamworth Turf Club to watch the country championship? All oh, right, gee, I, I, I don't know exactly, but I think they're pretty much sold out. And okay. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a big between this meeting and, and the Tamworth Cup in sort of eight weeks apart. Uh, they get a, they're our biggest two meetings uh, by far, and it brings a lot of people to the town. And look, I know I've got sort of best part of 20, 20 runners on on Sunday, so it's sort of a lot of different ownership groups that come for the weekend and hopefully they have a good time and hopefully we get a couple of winners. I know the final fields aren't out just yet. Is there any horse that we should just put into our black book ahead of Sunday, mate? Exonumia in a, in a maiden. Uh, uh, tried horse that, that I purchased and uh, had one start for me and got beat ahead and uh, he's trialled well since in uh, 12 maiden on uh, on Sunday. All right, good luck, mate. You might need a few extra Not hands to help you out there on Sunday as well, but go and get them. No worries. Thanks, guys. There we go, Cody Morgan. So, Sagusa, not quite in any of the markets for the country championship. So, um, keep an eye on that particular horse when the fields come out. And we might have to have a bet there because Cody's got four horses engaged, including the second favourite for the whole series. 
N-S-E-E. I'll have to learn how to pronounce this horse once again. It's a difficult horse to pronounce, even though it's won a country um, championship. Ezekiel or Seekiel. Um, Ezekiel, there you go. Um, hopefully it just doesn't get into the country championship final because it might take me two years to try and work out how do you say it. But um, we'll be on Sakuso anyway in the bet 365 um, oh, for the country championship there on Sunday at Tamworth. This is the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. We'll come back with plenty more. It's news time. Three over twos running up behind them. Gets a late split. Comes at Rostino, who's all out. He's clinging on. Three over two. Went to him, though. And three over two was in front for one stride of the 2400. And it was when it counted. Right on the post, it got Rostino. Thinking man ran third. Fourth, either Stormy or Big Night This was Night a great Rebel. story back on the 12th of February at Bendigo when Nathan Newton trained. His first winner, and he was on top of that galloper as well after it got the cash at Bendigo. And it was a terrific win, and it was a terrific story. Nathan Newton joins us now here on the Bet365 Country Racing Hour on Giddy Up on this Tuesday morning. Um, good morning to you, Nathan. How about that? I know it's a few days back now, but um, it was a terrific day in your career. Yeah, it was, most most definitely. Um I actually worked him on the grass this morning. He worked a treat. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's pulled up um, really good since that run. Yeah. yeah. And it was a terrific story. We saw the emotion that you showed after the race there on racing.com. And you'd been through a lot over the last 12 months after that nasty fall um, at Cassington. And you really had to fight your way back, um, not only to be able to train horses, but to ride once again. How difficult was that, and what injuries did you have to overcome, Nathan? Yeah, last year I had a pretty bad bad year. I, I lost a couple. Um, unfortunately, they got put down yeah. due to injury. Um, another one broke down. I, I fell off her at Warrnambool too. Um, and then I was riding a horse called Arteca Class at um, Coleraine for Steve Pateman, and... Um, it was travelling beautiful and I come to the outside to keep my momentum up and at Coleraine there there's um if we race on the inside of the track, um, there's about a metre and a half gap from the outside of the wing to the inside running rail of the course proper. And about three strides out I could feel the horse grabbing the left rein, looking at the gap. And then um I reckon it was a stride out. It, there was just no contact at all. And I thought, beautiful, it's going to jump it. And um, unfortunately, the horse ducked the gap and I went through the wing. And um, at the start there, I was complaining of a sore wrist because my, my hand went black. And um, they put a cast thing on me. And um, I was walking around all right. And then I said to the stewards, uh, James Hitchcock, I said, I'll... Oh, I'll go get checked out tomorrow, being the race is on Sunday. So I drove back to Wangaratta on Sunday night. and um, But every time I'd move around on the driver's seat, I'd get a real sharp pain down in my um, pelvis area. Um, and I went to the hospital on the Monday morning and um, got scans and x-rays done. And the doctors come out and said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with your wrist. Your wrist is still swollen is because um, old mate's done the bandage up too tight, but you've got a broken pelvis. So um, I sort of got a bit emotional then. Like I've got all these horses 
young ones that were coming in and um, to bring up to do a bit of work with. And so I had to get um, a couple of girls here from Wang to ride them. They were, it was actually really grateful for them to do that, get them up and going. Um, but I was out in the sidelines for three to four months. And how difficult was that, mate? Just obviously being a jump jockey, you've only got a certain amount of the year to, to earn some earn some money with the season. And then if you're just starting off your own training career, that it's difficult to take time off like that and to keep the owners happy and keep um, people working your horses. So how did you get through that period and how difficult was it? Um. Yeah, it was a little bit difficult. Like one of the horses at the time, um, she's a bit of a handful. I normally only ride her because she's got a few party tricks up her sleeve. Um, but the Brittany Button, she did a really good job with her, getting her going. Um, they got her up to jump out stage and we were able to give her a trial and then we tipped her out and they've only just come back in them once, them young horses. But just sitting on the sidelines, um, like I like riding my own horses, obviously, at least I, so I can get a feel of them, um, and I, at least I know what they're going to be like. But yeah, it was terrible sitting on the sidelines for so long because I was twiddling my thumbs every day. Yeah. Um. So how? Yeah. Well, it's been it was a great achievement to see what you were able to do, Nath. Um. Tell us about how you were able to get three over two into your stable. Yeah. Well. We his stable name's DJ. His his brand is DJ. So we just we just keep calling him DJ. Um, he was on the bloodstock auction site, and I seen Lee Horner. I think, I reckon it was at Hamilton Ra- um, Highway races one day, and I said, "Oh, that horse he got up for sale." I said, "Do you think he'll win a, bo- a race over the border somewhere? It's a lot up New South Wales." He goes, "Oh, I'm not too sure." And I, I just left it at that, and um, the horse didn't sell on the website. And Lee um, rang me and said, oh, yeah, he didn't sell. Do you want him? I said, yeah, no worries. Um, so Lee brought him to the next lot of um, Cranbourne trials, jumping trials, and I took him home. Um, and we we only ended up getting him for $400. 400 bucks. How much did you win yep. when you won that race at Bendigo? No, it was twenty grand, <laughs> or twenty thousand six hundred and twenty-five. I think it was. Well, and he's flying again, as you said. I thought you sent him out to the paddock, but you worked him on the course proper today at Wangaratta. Yeah, no, when I when I got him, um, yeah. he, he wasn't like being by raise the flag. I think they're not matured until they're his age, seven, eight. Yeah. Um, so when I got him, I. I was doing a bit of work with him um, and he just wasn't working the way I was liking him to work. So I, I tipped him out for a while, like three months, I think it was, um, and then brought him back October, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great story, mate. You should be so proud. So um, we wish you the best of luck with three over two. The last one before we let you go, Nath, when are you starting him again? Um, there's a race in a couple weeks time. I think it's on the 7th of March. Uh, yep. there's a benchmark 58, 2600. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll go towards there. Um, and then after that, I'll get him ready for 
the Warrnambool May Carnival. And that would be some story if you can go to Warrnambool and win with the $400 horse. Um, despite who wins the annual and the Wongoom, that to me would be hard to beat as the, the story of that famous carnival, mate. Um, great story, perseverance, never giving up. You should be proud, brother. Well done, Nathan. Hopefully yeah. the success continues on for you, mate, and all that hard work and dedication and sacrifice pays off. Cheers. Thank you very much. You're a good man. There's Nathan Newton. Talking about a really good comeback story, Tiana Robertson is just that. She's been through a lot as well. She's a very good trainer, but recent, recently she lived her dream once again when she went out to a bush meeting in WA and tasted success in the saddle as well. So we'll hear Tiana Robertson's story straight after this. This is the Bet365 Country Racing Hour here on Giddy Up this Tuesday morning. Welcome back to the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. It's time for the Black Book segment. Looking forward to catching up with Mickey Gaddam from the Great Tip Off. G'day, Mickey. Good morning, G. How's the intro music? Unbelievable. Now, Cody Morgan, I think we found a black book, or I have anyway, Saguso. Um, I think with some, you can get $11. I think around Bet365, you'd be getting around $11 anyway for the country championship final. And he might be hard to beat in his heat at Tamworth on Sunday. Without a doubt, G. Uh, I strongly agree. Anytime Cody Morgan takes one to Tamworth, well, you know, he trains there, but... Wow, like so, so strong. Is there a jockey book for that horse yet? No, not yet. Not yet. If you see an Aaron Bullock book there, oh, right, watch then. out. We'll get on. So what about your black bookers? We'll start up in the, the northern part of New South Wales. Yeah, mate, we're going to kick off Tyree on Sunday. There's a horse called Bull's Blood for the Stephen Jones Yard, um, owned by a battler in uh, 1G Harvey. Aaron Bullock was uh, was aboard this on this occasion. This horse sat on speed in a three-way tussle for lead. Dead set put them away by 4.46 lengths, and its last 600 metres of that race was one second faster. So roughly, you know, four lengths quicker than anything on the day. And that's very, very impressive. So Bull's Blood is a horse that must go in your black book. It'll progress to its grades quite easily, and you might see it in uh, in town sooner rather than later. What about the southern part of New South Wales, mate? Mate, there was one at the Sapphire Coast yesterday. Uh, it drifted significantly in the market. It was about $6 to uh, $13, and I couldn't really work out why. Uh, it was obviously because from the wide draw, they wanted to ride it negatively. It did. They did that. It was beaten by a horse called Our Witness, which led. This horse is called Mystic Diva. It was in race two at the Sapphire Coast. Go check it out. It's under $13, but it made up some serious ground late. Put a nice little gap on third. It'll be coming out winning next start. And hopefully with that SPO profile of $13, we might still get around that, you know, $7 or $8 mark. If the bookies miss it, this thing is flying and it'll be winning next start. That is Mystic Diva for the Teresa Baker Yard. Love it, Mickey Gaddam. What's your best bet around country New South Wales this week? Oh, mate, I tell you what, I can't wait to see the um, the, the country um, cup, uh, sorry, the, the country championship qualified down at Albury. I think that's yep. a cracking race. Uh, keep an eye out, punters. We'll probably have a bit of a bit of a chat about it, um, you know, over the weekend. But there's a couple, Mitch Beer, a couple of really talented horses there, and that looks like the strongest probably area heading heading north. You know, we've seen horses like another one come through that qualifier. So very keen to find one for us there later in the week, G. Great stuff. Thanks for that, Mickey Gannon. Thanks, mate. And Benny said joins us for his black bookers in country Victoria. G'day, Benny. Morning, Gareth. Take it away, mate, with your black bookers there in the Garden State. Mate, we've just got we've just got the one black booker today. She, yep. This filly did run yesterday and we were with her. Named by Miss Millhouse, owned by Yabby Dam Farms, trained by Archie Alexander. 
Look, this filly, she, she ran really well yesterday. She ran second over the 1,200 metres. Uh, Lindsay Smith's horse just sort of railed like a greyhound around the turn and didn't really give her a chance to run it down. I think yesterday was over the 1,200 metres. Look for her to step out over 1,400 and beyond. I think she's a, she'll be a really nice bet next start. She looks to have a lot of ability. I think they paid around 250000 for her okay. at the sale. So... Um, she's well bred and look, she looks to have nice ability. Look for her to step out over a bit more ground and be very hard to beat. He's too good, Paddy Driscoll. He's owning trotting winners. He's got some of the best trotters in Australia. And, um, now he's started into the gallops. He's got some brood mare band as well, and he's kicking plenty of goals. So he deserves all the success that comes his way. So well done to, to Paddy Driscoll and the team there. Um, at Archie Alexander's. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that, brother. And we'll catch up with you a little later on. No worries, Gary. Thank you. There's a black bookers there on the, the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. We'll take a break. And when we come back, Tiana Robertson will be joining us straight after the 9 o'clock news. Welcome back to Giddy Up. It's a very good morning to you, wherever you may be listening, right across the country on Giddy Up on this Tuesday morning. Uh, we're still with the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. Looking forward to catching up with our next guest from WA. Tiana Robertson, who shot to fame when she was able to train a superstar filly in Fabuccino, who raced to the highest level there in WA. And she even had success when Tiana campaigned with her in Victoria. But she's a very talented horsewoman, Tiana Robertson. And recently she went to the Conjun Up um, races in WA to ride. She was training and riding and she had a double on that program at Kunjan Up and she joins us now on the line for the Bet365 Country Racing Out. Hello to you, Tiana. Thanks for your time. Morning. Thank you. Did you always want to do that? Um, go out and, and race ride at a, a picnic meeting like you did just over a week ago and how was it um, riding and training a double there on that program? Well, it was actually a trouble. Trouble. But... Oh, sorry, <laughs> no, Tiana. How dare I cut you one short? <laughs> No, I've done it a few times. Um, whenever all the stars align, obviously I've been well documented. I've had a lot of injuries along the way. But, um, yeah, the adrenaline that you get for actually riding a horse at speed like that, and um, it's just a lot of fun. So uh, Yeah. Tell us about the surface that you've been competing on. Uh, it, it's a once-a-year track, so yep. it's obviously mostly a paddock. It's pretty hard and it's pretty fast, but, um, yeah, it's good fun you you get to ride them every day in track work but to go out and have that bit of competition about it obviously um it it really sort of is a pinnacle of why we do this yeah so kunjan up tell us where where that is it's about halfway between perth and albany so it's south it's about three and a half hours from perth um just a little farming town so yeah. yeah, it's it's good for the town, those sort of country meetings. Everyone gets along and they all frock up and yeah. there's games in between the races. So it's it's good fun. It's just yeah. real country racing at its finest. So. Yeah, so how many people would turn up for that once-a-year race meeting? Uh, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Maybe there's two yeah. or 3,000. But oh, okay. for a town with a very small population, I yeah. think they get a good, big turnout. You know, a lot of people sort of target those meetings. It's, I know a lot of people come up from Albany and a lot of people went down from Perth and there was even trainers that had trekked down from Jelton. So I think that would have been about an eight-hour eight hour trip for them. So okay. it was a really good day. And as you point out, Tiana, this is what racing's all about, that this is the heart and soul of the sport when you can have those type of meetings that um, brings communities together. 
yeah, for sure. Obviously, everybody wants to be getting winners at Flemington, but getting winners anywhere where everybody's involved is always fun. So, you know, the whole stable come down with us and owners of the horses, and it was just a really good weekend. And, uh, yeah, it's where most people start, and it's where you always try and get back to. So, yeah, it was a really, really good, fun, fun weekend, and obviously good to be back on the horses after a couple of years with injuries, um, yeah, to still be able to do it, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Fabicino was your superstar filly slash mare, and she had success. I think you won a race with her at Flemington. And um, what was the bigger thrill, riding a treble that day at Kunjanup or training a winner at Flemington? Oh, I don't know. I don't think you can compare them. They're both in their, in their own right. They're both very exciting. Um, obviously, to actually be on the horse yourself, everybody wants to train at Flemington, and and it's it's very different. But obviously, the adrenaline that goes with it, while when you're on top of them as well, is a really good feeling. So, but we're we're obviously aiming to find the next horse to go back to Flemington before we find the next horse to go back to Codes Up. Yeah, and how's the body feeling? Because you're in hospital for a long time. I think going back, what in 2020 when you were, uh, I think you were kicked quite badly. Um, when you were training Fabergino and how's the body feeling after that, that nasty accident? Yeah, it's uh, obviously every year I, I have an, another couple of injuries and I'm yeah. not getting any younger, but it's all holding up pretty well. I think I had nearly seven months off after that injury, but, um, you know, I, I enjoy being able to ride my own horses as part of the training. It's just the way that my training sort of set up. So you're always working really hard to, get back to peak fitness from these injuries so you can do the best by your horses. So it, it's mostly pretty good, but it, it does know that it's been been riding horses for a few years. Yeah. Hey, one of my favourite horses in WA is Juicing Carrots. Now, he's a 10-year-old by Black Tom, and he's won just under $500,000. He's competed in some of the biggest races in WA, but you had the privilege and honour to ride him in the Kunjanup Cup. Um, carrying what's um, how many kilos? Seventy nine and a half kilos, kilos eighty yeah. kilos. So, what was that like? That was it was good. I mean, he was obviously the best horse in the race. But when you've got that much dead weight on your back, um, he tried really hard, but yeah. he was set a task. So, um, yeah, but it, it's good. Like they, you get horses and trainers from all walks of life. You get some horses that are just doing their best to win a race, and, and some people that target it from a long way out. I know all my horses were targeted from about three or four months out that that's what I wanted to get them to. And, um, yeah, so it's really good. I mean, the, the Cogent Up Cup was won by a maiden, but it come out and won again at the provincial seven days later. So, you know, it is a country racing, but, the you know, the horses aren't always just battlers. They can come out and, and win afterwards. So it just it's good to get the people that work every day in the mornings doing track work to have a go, seeing what it's, it's life race day. Yeah, I, I'm putting it straight into our diary. Um, the Cozen Up Cup next year will be there. Tiana, watching you kick home, plenty of winners. Um, congratulations with that treble, and um, we wish you the best of luck going forward. You've got plenty of good horses in your stable, but we appreciate your time telling us the the story of your day at the Cozen Up Cup. Awesome, thank you. There's Tiana Robertson there, and that is the Bet Three Six Five Country Racing Hour on this Tuesday. We'll take a break. On the other side of it, it is Bag of Tips. On this Tuesday. The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com You can join our conversation anytime you want. 0499 736 736. We'll even open up the lines a little later on, just after the 
8930 News. Just give us a call on 1300 um, 235548. If you've got a bet for us for the $10, 10K, 10-day challenge, this is your opportunity to step up to the plate. So one three hundred twenty three fifty five is the 48 is the number to give us a bell on. Um, looking forward to catching up with Andrew Bobham now because at the Bet365 stall meeting this afternoon, the Bobham camp will play a major part and Andrew joins us on the line now. Good morning to you, mate. Jeez, you've got some nice chances there at the Bet365 stall meeting today and we might kick off in uh, the opening race there. You'll be saddling up horse number eight and that is Yankee Zulu over the 1,857 metres. Harry Coffey takes the ride. What can you tell us about this son of Zululand? Yeah, he looked like he wanted uh, plenty of ground. I had him third up at Geelong last start and didn't quite see out the 2,200 so freshen him right up and goes around at 1850 meters today now had a really good jump out last week over a mile where he actually won to my surprise although uh, completely different pressure at the races today as opposed to a jump out but i think if he can just be sitting somewhere behind the speed and finishing off uh, okay i'll be happy with a view to him being peaking at his next run so possible pace chance yeah you got a daughter of alpine eagle did you purchase this filly at the tassie sales i see that you're pretty active there yesterday she came from tassie she was actually yep. bred down there by a good client of mine billy g from yep. warrnambool he's pretty active uh, in the breeding circles in tassie so he bred her and she started her racing career really well with a a placing last start at Ararat. Uh, she's come through that run with no issue. Looked like she's wanting further, so she creeps up to the 1,300 today. Uh, drawn really well, so genuine place chance. Did she exceed your expectations on the boot? She certainly did. She was yeah. 81 bucks, yes. and uh, no, no one had – or Billy G had some money on her, but oh. nobody else did. So, I don't know if you're uh, hiding her, that's all. No, definitely not. No, I, uh, she, she's only a slight little thing. Uh, but she's got a little bit of courage, I think, and um, she's a horse that'll win a race somewhere soon. But uh, still, Parisio's been knocking on the door. Jared Fry rides. Can this be um, his day today? We just you there, mate? Yeah, yeah got yep. you. We're talking about Parisio. Is this could this be his day today in the maiden plate? Well, he was bought with a view to going to, to the Northern Territory. That's where he'll be this winter. We're going to target him uh, at the Northern Territory Derby. Okay. And uh, he, he's had a pretty good freshen up. So he's quite short in the market there today. And I haven't done a hell of a lot with him, just with a view to having a pretty decent prep ahead. But uh, he looks like he's in that race nicely. He trolled very well last week. Uh, so he's going to be pretty hard to beat, I'd say. Can Lord Goldberg win again, but getting on top of the ground this time? I reckon he's our best of the day. He's just uh, really come on from that last run. Drawn a pretty poor gate out wide, but he does have a very good gate speed. So uh, Harry Coffey knows him, and he'll, he'll be blending in somewhere, uh, hopefully in the first couple of runners. And I really think that uh, he's going to be very hard to beat today. And Bodice is in good form as well, goes around in the last. Yeah, very deep into her preparation. Uh, she's a filly that uh, takes a bit of managing. So uh, if all goes to plan from the inside gate there, uh, she should put herself right in the picture. And yeah, and she's a genuine place chance there as well. So, Lord Goldberg, your best? That'd be the one, yeah. All right, go and get him, Andrew. Thanks for that, mate.
Good man. Thanks, guys. Cheers. There's Andrew Bobbin there from one Western Victorian superstar to the other these days. Lindsay Smith is just on fire at the moment. He can't do anything wrong. Another big day on his home track at Warrnambool yesterday. Good morning to you, Lindsay. Good morning. The family must be pretty happy then. Christmas is coming early every day these days. Oh, yeah. You don't, you, you, the trainer only gets 10%. He doesn't get the 100%, but uh, Rebecca spends it like I'm getting 100%. <laughs> oh, you're a lucky man. Um, uh, you, it's Christmas every day. You wake up next to Rebecca because it's one, been one of the great, um, uh, one of the great stories of all time from oh, you. Oh, the big love story. Yeah, one oh. of the great love stories. How you buffed yourself up at the gym to lie about your age to get the younger <laughs> lady and you deliver the goods, Lindsay. Unbelievable. You give every man hope. Yeah, you could should if it ever runs a bit rocky for you, you should try it later on in life. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's all you get what you give. Yeah. Now, Tuvalu, what are you doing? What's Wellsies? He said we're going to the Futurity, or you're stepping up in trip to the 1800 meter well, Jackson. Well, you know that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like uh, curveball. Yeah. So I sat down uh, last night and uh, he galloped really good this morning uh, with J- Jared come and stayed overnight and galloped him and last night I was sitting thinking what I should do properly and my gut led me to um, go to the trials at Tarang on Monday yep. go and try and win the blamey stakes and then two weeks into the all-star mold. That's that's what I was comfortable in my, uh, in my uh, gut feeling to do it that way and that I reckon that gives me the best chance to win the all-star mile yeah. my horses generally peaked the third and fourth run so I just thought soft trial Monday blamely stakes then two weeks to the uh, all-star mile uh, and I think when he galloped this morning I reckon he was a bit too they'll be too quick for him the 14 did he need the 1800 yet maybe not no. you know what I mean so yeah I think I've come up with a best plan so uh keep voting and uh we'll get the chocolates yeah not peter jackson peter young of course was the 1800 oh, meter I race I love, I love it you know i love a gasper <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> um so is he okay so you're happy with him Lindsay? we should vote for tuvalu yeah no he's uh you know I, I, as soon as i made the decision i spoke to wellsy this morning he was all uh what you know he lets me basically do what I think, but you know, I run it past the guys, and um, as soon as he gave me the tick of approval, I knew I was done. I knew I'd done the right thing. Yeah, so, and, yeah. Um, I got to win the All Star Mile because you know, we're relatively like small, medium stable. Uh, it's getting the race is getting bigger and bigger each year, so um, I've got to really focus on winning that. So I think this way is the highway. I reckon a night out with you, if you vote for Tuvalu, could be a prize that you could give away, something like that. I think people would vote for you in, dry, in droves. If that was the if that was the incentive, Lindsay. Well, I'd I'd make a good hooker, so yeah. I'll come up with anything. <laughs> hey, hey, as as well as he said to me after he has a couple of beers and he gets onto the grey goose because he doesn't he doesn't go my vodka. He has to be grey goose. He says Lindsay trains. Yeah. yeah, no. it, yeah. He goes, Lindsay trains at his best when he when he follows his gut. So I'm glad you followed your gut. Oh yeah, I didn't know he said that, but that's yeah. that's uh that's how I woke woke up and I spoke to Wellesley and as I said, when he put the phone down, I went, Yeah, that this is the right way. Now I'm I am i am excited. I was I was a little bit of a 
you know, sort of getting mixed up. Should I go to the group ones and all that? And then I just took the blinkers off myself and went, no, do what you know you've got to do. So um, unconventional is right up my alley. Bring on the blamey. Now, um, just have you got a horse for the quokka yet? No, I, I don't know. But uh, I did see, um, what's Moods doing? Is he going to the All-Star Mile? or what's No, he up I think to? he's going to the new market. No, no real decision after that. Geez, if you can oh, well, talk mate. moods to bring I Wish I Win, you'll be home and host. Well, uh, we've been mates for a lot of years, so it'd be nice if you could look after me. So yeah. uh, next time I see him at the races, I'll, uh, I might have to twist his arm. I did ask him. He said no chance. But um, anyway, oh. but he probably likes you a lot better than he likes me. As I said, horse trainers, <laughs> we can change the rules a bit. Yeah. One thing counts. This is a horse that was pretty good under Boo, the 270 market leader with bet 365 in the first, Lindsay. Your thoughts there? Yeah, he um, he had, the race was his to win the other day, and he didn't know how to do it. Uh, he's drawn a bit wide, but Fry's a, a, a positive rider, so we'll go forward and have a look. If they go too hard, he'll be able to slide in, but the 1850 is not an issue. He wants that distance, so uh, he hasn't gone backwards, so he's a good, strong chance. In the Rosemont Colours, you got Still Water first up in the second. What can you tell us there? Yeah, her, her couple of trials have been quite good, so uh, I would sort of little bit the win uh, and more the place. Costs you about $40 in some pubs these days to buy a snitty. So little snitty is a $6 chance. We might have to have a couple of bucks on this galloper first up, Lindsay. Yeah, well, they're, they're, she's another – she used to come from Melbourne, went to Perth, and she went to stud. And uh, I, I wasn't able to win a maiden with her in Perth for, for the stud, uh, help her stud career. And she went to stud and she couldn't get in foal, so – we give her one last little uh, whirl, and uh, she trialed pretty good the other day. She's been in the heavy sand in Perth. Obviously, over here, we've changed it a little bit. So her trials have been all right, so uh, she's some hope. In Harlem, Michelle should have won her last couple of starts. She's been a hard watch. Surely this could should be her day at stall to go one better. Yeah, I, I, I know that horse of Osti Coffee's quite well, and um, I'm surprised she's still in this grade. So Sean, good Osti's horse. So I think that'll be the horse to beat. But this horse um, was well, you know, she's at, at a top when we went to camper down and she hasn't got the job done. So she, I wouldn't have thought she's improved, but anyway, she gets a good chance to try and get it done. And show me champagne at 9.50 in the final event. Yeah, well, the, uh, they tell me the favourites come out. So... Um, yeah, I think in between when she won and the last start, I might have been a bit kind to her. She looks like a little jelly bean, and uh, I think she just got a little bit got away from me a bit. So I drilled her again, and you'll get a better running out of her today. What's your best, mate? Uh, I'm going to go uh, Stillwater, you know, a little bit the wind and some the place. That'll do us. Giddy up. Appreciate your time. Giddy up. <laughs> See you, mate. There's a great Lindsay Smith there. So Stillwater, Lindsay Smith's best there. Um, race two, number 10, was about $16 with bet 365. So that'll excite the punters out there. Lindsay going for the roughest nearly of his, his team there at Stool today at um, the bet 365 Stool Racing Club. And he's on fire at the moment as well. And Benny, I said, joins us. G'day, Benny. G'day, Gareth. What are we doing from a punting perspective for you today? Mate, we'll kick off uh, in race number three. Number two, Mr. Traficani. 
Ben and JD Hayes train. Jake Duffy to ride. And look, he looked the winner last start. This bloke gets up to the 1300 today. Looks very well placed. I think he can sit closer from the draw in barrier three. Should just sit in behind the speed and give him a squeeze at the top of the straight. And I reckon he'll get over the top of him. Race three, number two, Mr. Trafficani. So two twenty. Yep. Yeah, just the two for me today, mate. I uh, will go to race seven, number 11, Uncle Lindsay, Anila Michelle. It was a dead set moral beat last start. Looks to get its chance today. Drawn, drawn in six. Should be able to settle a bit closer. Just got too far out of the ground last start. But um, as I said, drawn six. Should be able to settle midfield. And uh, I think today will be her day today. What about Uncle Lindsay just throwing one out wide today? Steel water, $17.360. Yeah, I know. I just, I just heard him say that. I, yeah, look, I, I didn't have it on top, but in saying that, I didn't like the race. I think the favourite was too short, and I thought, I thought McAvoy's might be a chance in at around the ten dollars, but um, yeah, I'm, I might have to have something if Lindsay likes it. Yep. That's for sure. He could train you to win a, a race these days, especially in the western part of Victoria. And that's saying something, Benny, with you smoking those vapes like they're going out of fashion these days. No, nah, mate, we're giving them away. Hey, um, uh, I might need. To, I think he might have to get me into shape, mate. I'm supposed to be playing footy this year, so I might have to fire up. All right, mate, go and get them. Thanks for that. See you, mate. There's Benny. I said there. Now, Mickey Gaddon's done the form thanks to the great tip off at Wyong today. Race two, number five, Grand Crusader, and race three, number seven, Eagle Nest. So, race two, number five, race three, number seven, and you can get Mickey Gaddon's. Now, jot this down, folks. Get Mickey Gannon's full set of tips for Wyong today at thegreattipoff.com. So you go to thegreattipoff.com, type in Mickey Gannon, you get his full set of tips, staking plan at Wyong today. Queensland, of course, is your place to race this year. The mailman has got one for us there. Race seven, number four, Family Star. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Harness racing from Cranbourne tonight. Darren Carroll joins us. G'day, Darren. Morning, Gareth. Um, yeah, Cranbourne, tough meeting tonight at Cranbourne. Ten races, but uh, we'll sink our teeth into it and get a couple of winners. Um, I tried to um, get a couple of races where I think I can get the maps right, which is really important around Cranbourne because it's got that really tight last corner, so it can be tricky for some horses. So I'm starting with race two, number five, Montana Pride. Uh, James Herbertson's driving this fella. Um, James Herbertson, he could win on anything at the moment. Um, he's just in devastating form. This is the guy that was really badly held up at Madura last start. Um, never got a clear run, and if it did, it might have given um, the winner a really big um, fright. Um, it's a nice horse. The map is, I think, Diego's Diamond and Groom will be the speed horses in the race. When Groom's in a race, it really takes off and can over-race. So I think there'll be a fair bit of speed on and the tempo will be solid and I want to be on the one that works home late. And I reckon that'll be uh, James Servitz and Montana Pride just safe for one run and uh, waiting to turn for home and then uh, pin down the straight. So race two, number five, Montana Pride, about $3.20 on bet 365. I think that's a nice price for it. And the other one I like is uh, race nine, number five, I'm Eugene. Uh, Ken Tippett trains and drives this horse. It's always a horse that I've had a fair bit of time for, especially going way back to the start of its career. Then it sort of lost the plot a bit, but it seems to have regained form now. And it's actually found gate speed now, which is a real key 
Um, this race here is not a lot of speed off the front. Little Safari is the key to the race. Um, I think Little Safari is a better horse when it takes a sit. Um, last start, it tried to lead and got tied in the straight and ran fifth. But a couple of starts before it led and took a sit and ran second. So hopefully the driver's um, found out the key that this horse should be handing up. And if it does hand up, then it'll be handing up to Omni James. So um, if we lead around Cranbourne, then this horse will give a huge sight. And if it leads, I expect it to win. If it doesn't lead, then it'll still give us a really good sight in the death seat, I would have thought. So... They're the two, race two, number five, Montana Pride, into race nine, number five, on Eugene. Now I've got a couple of interstate specials for you. Race one, number one, hold my hat, Doug, should be winning there at Redcliffe. Race three, number one, Dat Lou on Debut for the McCarthy should be winning. Race three, number one. And then this um, open class pacer dropping big time back in class. Um, the Black Prince, race five, number eight, and the better the year. Ten to the dozen. I've been waiting for this two-year-old. Should have won nearly on Debut at Pinjara. Race four, number two. It was a big run anyway on Debut. On Debut. Um, goes to Gloucester Park. It's a nice draw for Denny Roberts and the Bond team. What price was that, guys? Uh, about 310, I think. Is that the, uh, is that the start of the uh, $10,000 challenge? No, we're or? opening up to the listeners today. We're taking calls <laughs> in about five minutes' time to see if we can get off the mark this time around. Sounds good. You're a good man. Thanks for that, mate. Cheers, There's Darren Carroll there. Um, uh, the Greyhound Super Series presents the Country Classic on Saturday, the 18th of March. Simon Orchard joins us. We've got Richmond, Tamora and Grafton in the Dogs in New South Wales. G'day, mate. Morning, G. Hopefully, mate, we can get some money today up the straight at Richmond to begin with. Race four, number six, Self Sink is the name of this Greyhound. Not a bad draw either for this fella. He runs... Pretty straight, Gareth, so it's not bad being drawn wider on the Richmond straight. He had a run up here a couple of weeks ago and he won. He beat Alpha Warrior. That Greyhound had since won and raced in better grade than this race today. So the form looks okay as well. I think he just needs to rattle off that good first section and then he'll have the whole track to himself. The rest of the field tend to want to go towards the rail. So I think race four, number six, self-sync, the best up the straight at Richmond today. Then we go to Tamora down the state south. Race seven, number one, Country Roy. I watched this guy at Goulburn on Friday. He was dreadfully unlucky. He looked like he'd be in the finish around the bend. He got run off the track by the leader, just as it looked like he would go to the front. G-Man, today gets the benefit of the cherry. He's won twice from three goes at Tamora, and he's in one of the better kennels down there with Neil Staines. He's won six of his last 21 starts. Race seven, number one, Country Roy, best at Tamora. Then we finish off at Grafton. Race seven, number two, Phantom, Arizona. Has won four of 13, including two of his last four. He's drawn in box two today. He's got a straight runner either side. So just going to watch that first 15 or 20 metres. Hopefully he can get out okay. The litter's going really well, Gareth. They're striking at 33% through 100 starts. There's nine greyhounds in total. They've all won at least one race. And I expect Phantom Arizona to continue that run today and prove very hard to beat at Grafton. Race seven, number two, Phantom Arizona, the best up there tonight. Go and get them, mate. Thanks for that. Have a great day. Huru. There's Simon Orchard, the world's richest middle distance race. The Country Classic, Saturday the 18th of March at Dubbo. It's Greyhound Racing Supercharged. The Watchdog joins us. Good morning to you, Watchy. You've got um, a few meetings to choose from in Victoria today. We'll start off with Geelong. Morning, Garrick. Yeah, we're going to race three at Geelong. Uh, pretty keen on number seven here, Lanza Bale. Only had the two starts, but uh, those two runs at Ballarat have been quite impressive. Shown a good turn of foot. Uh, key to it is it likes to stay wide. There's not a lot of speed drawn around it, so he'll get to the clear pretty quickly. They're giving us $2.40. Uh, I think that's a great bet. I know the red was pretty handy at uh, Ballarat last time, Foxy Kunis, but I, I think that the seven will land in front of it and just be a little bit too good for it in the run home. 
All right, then what are we doing then at our next venue? We've got uh, Horsham and Warrigal, please. Yeah, Horsham, we're going to race three as well. Uh, number eight, Idyllic Eagle for the Paula Bella camp. They just won the Bulleye Cup on the weekend. The, the kennel's firing. And this grand, he's had the two starts in his first prep, both impressive placings. One of those was behind Dragon Inn at Horsham, and uh, Dragon Inn's gone on to bigger and better things already. So uh, the form line's strong. They're giving us 240. There's a couple of first starters in the race. Uh, so wait and see if they back those. But I, I think the 240 is a solid price now. Should start a dollar ninety, maybe even a tad shorter. And at Warrigal tonight, we're going to be pretty patient. Race 11, number two, Niali King. They're giving us even money. This grand is pretty fo- uh, bulletproof early. It's won four of eight, gone quick times around Ballarat, Bendigo. Uh, it's a pretty weak race outside the seven, and it had every chance at Warrigal last week. So I think we'll land in front of it and just be too good. Even money, uh, throw in all your multis and everything for today. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. Good luck, Watchy. Cheers, Gareth. You too. Have a great one. Todd Gray, thanks to Greyhound Racing South Australia, joins us now. They're racing at Murray Bridge. G'day, Todd. How are we doing? Uh, good, thanks, brother. What have you got for us? Uh, three races we're hitting today, um, everyone, out the Murray Bridge straight. We're starting with race four, number eight, Alinga Molly. Um, I've got a little bit of time for this speedster. Uh, she's back in form a little bit after having a bit of an out. She's showing her speed. I think she's a massive chance at leading this race. She's around 5.50. You can get black figures to place. I think she's a Monty to make the top two. The favourite in that race is a bit too short for mine. So race four, number eight, Alinga Molly. Beautiful draw, beautifully drawn out wide. And, yeah, I think leads for mine. So that's the first one. Then we go to race seven, number three, Alinga Green. Um, I think Yvonne King can have a bit of a day out at Murray Bridge today. Uh, only two dividends here, but you can get black figures to place this bloke. Um, can't see why it's not going to lead. If it leads, very hard to beat for mine. So race seven, number three, Alinga Grin. Then we go to the last race, uh, race 11, number two, up there, Billy. Dead set match race um, in the betting. Uh, look, you can get around about $3.30. The favourite's $1.60 and could be hard to beat, but there's a bit of speed on the outside. Could get cut off at the start. Um, I just think the prize differential is too big here. So race 11, number two. Up there, Billy. Um, yeah, 3.30. Bit of meat on the bone there because, yeah, the price is just too big. Keep dominating South Australian Greyhound Racing, Toddy Gray. We appreciate it. Uh, no worries. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Thanks for having me again. Good on you, Tom. What a character he is. Now, greyhoundracingnewzealand.co.nz for everything. New Zealand Greyhound Racing. The first at Addington is not far away. And Dan Roberts joins us to help us back a winner at Addington. On a Tuesday morning here in Oz. G'day, Dan. Thanks for your time, mate. What are we doing from a punting perspective? Oh, good morning, Gareth. Yeah, I've, I've been a bit uh, bit proved today, and I'm not going to be a hero in tipping at, at long odds. But uh, I found three, and uh, I think two of them are sort of just dead set winners, so we'll just have to chuck them in the multis. But the first one comes up in uh, race five, uh, number two. He's actually an ex-Australian born and bred there, so... Uh, we know how good the Aussie breed is, and, and he was a, he was a maiden winner last start. And he, he looked pretty good doing it. Uh, looked a wee bit green, so I imagine he's going to take um, improvement from that, and I think he could be hard to beat today. He's paying $4. Uh, the next one is Gold Star Bennett. He, uh, he actually broke the maiden record uh, last start. He looked uh, super. He looks like he's going to fly through the grades. He's, he's running out noms and maidens again today. He's only a dollar thirty, but uh, I think that's just his race to lose. And uh, an- another Aussie, uh, another ex-Aussie, Jerome Bale. Now we know how good the Bale dogs are, 
uh, over here and especially in Australia. He uh, he looks like another one that's just got that race at his peril. He comes up in race eight, uh, box three. Uh, he's also a dollar thirty. So I think uh, Goldstar Bennett and Jerome Bale just chuck them in your multis, and then uh, Andrew's Kiwi boy in race five. He looks the lead, uh, the winner for me there. All right, then, so Goldstar Bennett, named after Shane Bennett, of course, from Oz Equipment Rentals, our major sponsor for bag of tips, at $1.25, race eight, number three um, as well, which is Jerome Bale at $1.25, and also race five, number two, Angie's Kiwi. Um, we can get around $3.80. I love it. <laughs> Beauty, thanks, boys. Good luck. Good on you, Dan. There's Dan Roberts there. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out... GreyhoundRacingNZ.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. And that is Bag of Tips, thanks to Was Equipment Rentals. Do you know what we'll do? I don't think we'll have enough time to open up the lines because we are running out of time. So because the New Zealand, our Kiwi friends, are joining us for the first time, let's have an all-up thanks to Dan Roberts. So race six, number two, Gold Star Bennett, into race eight, number three, that is Jerome Bale. Now, that will give us for the double $1.56. So what we'll do is we'll go to the um, earlier selection race, five number two, the place. And that multi with bet three, six, five will give us $2.42. So we'll whack the $10 on the Kiwi Addington multi and hopefully we can get the chocolates. Uh, we'll take a break. In fact, we'll take the news and then we'll come back with the midweek masterclass. When there's a little horse waiting at the bottom of the English lot He's been waiting down there, waiting for a race They never ever see him from the top He gets pushed around, knocked to the ground He gets to his feet and he screams What about kids? It isn't fair He's had enough, now he wants his share, can't you see? He wants to race, and now you must vote for kids. Good on you, Nelsie. Uh, that is unbelievable, Jack Dickens. <laughs> it's got me pumped up. In fact, that's goosebumps type of stuff there from Shannon Noel. Like, who wouldn't vote for Keats now as I welcome you to the midweek masterclass on this Tuesday, Dicko, how's the um, campaign going now after Shannon Noel delivered that piece of magic for you? Uh, Noel's he's given us a little bit of an injection and we've slid back into the top 10. We are 38, or about 35 votes clear of 11th, chasing down Jack and O. And it's so, going uh, to be... Still work to do. If you're out there and you want to support the team, please do. Please vote for Keats. It's going to be a tight race. And especially when they still black it out for the last three or four days. I don't have a clue. I've never, yeah. I've never paid attention before. Yeah, well, I'd be a little <laughs> bit nervous when you don't know what's going on. But looking forward to you handing out the pamphlets outside of Sandown as people walk through the gates there. For that big Group 1 meeting comes Saturday. What about it? Sale tomorrow, Dicko. Are you excited about this midweek meeting? Gareth, I, I can't lie. I'm not good at it. Um, I'm not excited. I'm nervous about it. I don't like the meeting at all. Only seven races, G, which yep. is weird, isn't it? Well, usually at this time, there's plenty of racing happening. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this meeting unfolds. But there's seven winners still to be found, Dicko. Yeah, well, what I thought I'd do is I'd run you through each race and just tip, tip a horse and then we'll have a bet. All right, then. Take it away. First race... 
Um, Last chance ever for the four Doughboy Hollow. Gay Waterhouse trains. Stayer. Make yes. its own luck. It was way in front of the sweet spot last start. I think it can win, but I don't really want to back it. Freddie Kersley. What about the second race? Geez, Jason Warren's on fire at the moment. He's got this odds-on favourite, Gold Manuka, going yeah. around with Stackhouse to ride. Yeah, I think it'll win. Um, I almost decided to make this the bet, but I thought, you know, no one's tuning in for me to tip them a dollar eighty shot. But I think it will win. Especially and it could anchor with, a few multis, G. Especially with your mate throwing um throwing the bullets at us um from his Reckliff little studio that he has saying that we just tip favourites on this show, like give us a spell, Curlio. <laughs> he's turning he's getting into floggish territory these days with those um sniping comments on, on Twitter. Yeah, he's up and about. You know, he's excited. We're all excited. We Yesterday are. was like a really fun day at the mailbag with the Keats, with yes. the Shannon Noll video coming through and the edits. And yeah, oh, it's exciting. <laughs> that would excite me. I don't. Know. It's, you're just living the dream, Dicko. What about Easterly at two eighty in the third? Yeah, I think I think it'll win. Um, that's the bet we're going to have. So we'll just have our two hundred on Easterly. Yep. Uh, I'm a bit nervous about Maravich. It's only had the one start. This horse, good camp. Uh, up in trip, ticks a couple of boxes, but I think Easterly's like the yeah. PR horse here and be hardest to beat, so we're going to bet what about, Easterly. What about Dooley first up in, at sale race for this preparation? Look, I thought Prancing Spirit was the best trials of the unraced, and the market tells you that's 550, yeah. um, but I think Dool will win. All right, then. What about Rai Yuki? Matty Williams is in really good form. This horse is going... Um, well, it's traveling a long way from Warnable to sail this on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, this is a complete gray up, Jay. Yeah. Because I'd be interested in this horse sort of anywhere. But if you look through its form guide, it's a bit of a non winner at the same time. Mm. Very good at Flemington behind a nice horse. Oh, what was it called, Jay? Help me out. Um, at Flemington, the Matty Williams train Galloper. I think I was on that day um, when it finished Behind second. Behind Mitchie yep. Freeman's horse. Yep. Um, then I went to Sandown on the hillside, back in grade and failed. Uh, look, I, I want to go around it. I quite like this Cobblestones way, okay. the five here. And I thought Lake Ty, I, I, I'd work around the five and the three, Cobblestone way and Lake Ty. Um, like scared of Rayoku. Um, it might have been Hopkins too. This race has had a lot of grey in it for me. So Hopkins yep. is first up for Reese Goodwin, who's doing a really, really good yes. job with tried horses. Um, you know, um, poor old Hopkins was gapped. If you look at his form guard, two starts back by uh, Keats, speed by yeah. 6.5 lengths. So that's group two form now. So hard to knock. Reese Goodwin improves horses. Hard to improve horses off Bustin and Young at the same time. So Hopkins on Ryoki, I found really hard to, to sort of put a number on. But I thought Cobblestone Way and Lake Ty were the two most likely betting opportunities in that race. Then in race six, G something the, the that Colts you lack won. social conscience. Well, I I kind of like Lady of Light, and um, mm -hmm. I just there's nothing come out of the race at one. Like how stiff would you be to, to have a horse and run into Kirima and Dave Ustis at Stony Creek? But someone did, and, and it won. Um, there's no form out of that race yet. There's some form out of its previous preparation where it's, it's just got a really nice SP profile. Yeah. I think it's a really good run from Barrier 6. I think Lady of Light's the most likely winner of race 6. Got about 30 seconds remix. Can it win the last? I like Samedi okay. on top. That's number 6, Samedi. Um, but it's been up for a while. A uh, bit of a number. They're all a bit of a number in this race. Um, so tread carefully, G. But your bet is easterly race. Three horse number 12 there at sale. 
Yep, that's us. Beautiful. Do you have any mail there from uh, Curlio for the Brisbane meeting? Of course, Red Eagle Farm on a Wednesday. Yeah, I do. You ready? Yep. Eagle Farm, race two, number three, Rubahi. Yes. Eagle Farm, race eight, number one, Mr. Omega. Beautiful. Text message coming through. Gareth, I hope you're well. I often message all your midweek masterclass tipsers. All of them reply ex- ex- except one. Guess who? And then five minutes later, this listener's replied, it's Dicko. <laughs> I'll get your number. And in fact, I've got your number here. I'll send you Dicko's number so you can ring him anytime you want. <laughs> that's what you do. That's what you get for being an arrogant. Um, no, that, that's a that's a complete yeah, block. I've got to go Falsehood. For, yeah. that, that's not true. I'll write back to everyone. All get right, in then. touch on Twitter. DM's open. Bye All for right, now. See you later. There's Dicko. There, we'll take a break. Come back uh, with the news. Isn't far away. Then we'll continue on our midweek masterclass. Welcome back to Giddy Up. It is 10.03. A lot of love for Shannon, um, Shannon uh, Nolsey or Shannon Noll um, for singing that song about Keats. Um, they should make that into an album or a single anyway. Let's continue on the Midweek Masterclass. Thanks to the Mailbag team. Mark Roden and Peter Anthony has joined me. First of all, to you, Mark. It's a good morning. Good morning, Gareth. How are you? I'm very well. Mailbag Bloodstock must have a big marketing budget to get Shadow Noel. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're flying. I mean, they're just, just winner after winner. Or... Yeah, yeah they've got more money than they uh, know what to do with, obviously. <laughs> now, did you like any horses out of the weekend? Any black bookers that you want to keep an eye on? Uh, me? Yeah, well, there are a few obvious ones. One I liked the first up run of was uh, Pavitra in Sydney. Um, yeah. You know, she ran in the Oaks in Melbourne. She's obviously going to be on a similar sort of path. Phillies and Nairs races. Um, that was a real fast run race, that electric girl run. Uh, she settled midfield. Didn't, you know, really close off faster than anything else, but really held her own in what, yeah, as I said, was a fast run race. So that's a, a really great pipe opener for the prep, I reckon. All right there, mate. What about at Warwick Farm on a Wednesday afternoon? What are you doing there? Yeah, we've got a couple. Um, pretty thin meeting. Happens this time of year when we have the Friday nights as well, and they still have the Wednesday metros. It does get spread a bit thin, but we found two. Uh, the last two races of the day, actually. Um, race six, number seven, Major Beal. Um, strong first up winner in a pretty reasonable Saturday provincial race at Newcastle first up. Um, drawn wide here, so with T. Clark on just floats across. That's actually a pretty good setup, I think. Um, and I think he's got more upside than most of uh, his rivals here. Um, High Court, gee, he was a big run in te- uh, in, on a Saturday race last start. Three wide all the way, kept fighting, but that, that might have knocked him out. He's, he's had a lot of racing, gets McDonald, he's, he's in the race, but yeah, gee, that was a tough run. Uh, Regal Palm got the job done at Canterbury last start, but about fifth up now. Uh, yeah, Major Bill's the one on the way up. Oh, Aravine's the other one to mention. She's a promising sort of staying uh, mare, but might be one or two away. So I think Major Bill's just going to put itself right in the race and be hard to beat at around 440. And, race and seven. we move over to the last race now, uh, race seven, a big field here, but I thought number 12, the great Houdini, another one that was caught wide last start, um, gets Zach Lloyd on, who has just returned after suspension and hit the ground running, gets two kilos for him. Um, yeah, Noble Conqueror has gone up favourite again, as he was well back first up, I, I just don't know whether he's as good as the market thinks he is, to be honest. And I think the great Houdini sets up a lot better than he did last start with the weight pull for the claim, as I suggested. Uh, around 460 is backable. Might, might get better tomorrow in the big field, uh, of course. But, um, yeah, looks a bit to me as well. So if we uh, were spending 200, I'd, I'd have 100 to win on each of them. 
So the great Houdini and also race six, horse number seven there at Warwick Farm at Major Bill. Peter Anthony joins us as well. G'day, Pete. G'day, Gareth. How are you going? Good, thank you, mate. Ascot on the on a Wednesday afternoon. First of all, did you like Magic Millions Day? Did you find a couple of winners? Yeah, managed to get the winner in the two-year-old race as well as uh, Dream to Me, which uh, got the bobbing on the line. So I've been uh, a bit unlucky with photos and running second of late, so it was good to get the Geraldton Galloper up there for Jagsy Turner. Yep, he's a good man, Jagsy Turner. What about um, your thoughts on this Ascot meeting from a staking plan? Yeah, it's an interesting card. Uh, I think what we'll probably see, 14-metre rail with the cutaway, it's only been used once in the last four years, and that was in November, and it played very much off-speed, wide lanes into the straight, and horses building with momentum around that velodrome. So... Look, I'm looking for horses settling back in the field that just got there in the in the zone. And one of those is in race four, number eight, Rocky Path. Look, I'm hoping we get a price here because the horse has never won at the track. Um, Clint Johnson Porter jumps on for the apprentice. And look, just the way that it's been running over the last couple of starts, sectional-wise, it looks like it's pretty much close to its top. So although it's a difficult track for it to win at, I think it finds a suitable race there. There's plenty of speed up front gets the wide gate, which will be perfect, and it can just flow into the race. So hopefully we'll get a price here. Race four, number eight, Rocky Path. Now, I haven't been – now, this could be a little bit disrespectful, and I apologise as it is, but if it is. But Vaughan Sigley, when was the last time he trained a winner? Uh, if you give me about three minutes, Gareth, I can find out. Look, uh, <laughs> look, it, it is – it's a fair point, but that's yep. – that should, it should be factored into the price. So I'm expecting we get well and truly into double figures. Um, and look, some of these Albany figures of late, we've seen it with Steve, Steve Wolf's team and yeah. a few of these races, they're actually holding up quite well in the city. So, yeah, that's what I'm hoping overall is we get a, a decent price in this runner. All right, love it, love it, mate. So Rocky Path, just $200 straight out on that galloper. I'll probably be going each way, to be fair. If we're not getting double figures, I'm not going to be entertaining it, but um, I'm expecting we get well into double figures there. 100, 100 each way will do us, Pete. You're a good man. And Mark Roden, keep on dominating. Thanks for that, mate. Thank, thank you, Gareth. There is Mark, Gareth. There's Mark Roden, Peter Anthus, and part of the midweek masterclass on this Tuesday morning, of course, is our team from Tassie because it's their big day. Geez, it would be great to be at Launceston. Tomorrow afternoon, unfortunately, we can't get there on Giddy Up. But Bear Roberts and Matty Reid will be live on course there at Longford. And they join us now. G'day to you, Bear Robertson, first of all. Morning, Gareth. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. And the snapper joins us, Matty Reid. G'day, mate. We're going to miss you in Launceston this year, G. Yep. I, I love it usually catching up with snapper and Bear has to drag you home <laughs> on a Tuesday night because you've got to work tomorrow. <laughs> you get excited, don't you, on a night like this? On Launceston Cup Eve. Are you talking to me or Bear? But no, we both you, do. Snapper. Yeah, no, guilty guilty of that. Um, I actually arrived on Monday night. I was very well behaved. So um, I'm fresh, looking forward to a big couple of days. We usually go to the Bogues party there on on the um, on Launceston Cup Eve, which would be tonight. Who's your famous politician that I always run into, Bear? Um... Jackie Lambie. Oh, Jackie Lambie. Isn't she a character? Like the first yeah. thing she, she told me, and um, I think well, I think she wanted to go for a dart or something. And the first thing she told me, she goes, well, if you vote me in, I'm going to make sure we bring Eskies back to the Devonport Cup meeting. So did she get that over the line? Responsible serving the alcohol would probably prevent that, Gareth, I would have thought. 
Well, there you go. Obviously, she didn't get it over the line, but we need to get a winner at Launceston tomorrow. Jeez, it's always a difficult day, Snapper, um, to back a winner on Launceston Cup Day. So this will be testing you guys to see how good you are. We'll start with the Launceston Cup. Military mission that took out the Hobart Cup, looking for the big bonus there and going for the big double for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bod and Winona Costant. 310 with Bet365. Um, we've got Spirit Ridge at $4. Blake Shin is back in town. And then Aura Symphony, who was the winner last year for Simon Wild and Blake McDougall at 550. How do you read this year's contest? We'll start with you, Snapper. Yeah, I think um, it's a really good race, first of all. Like, uh, admittedly, there's a, a long tail, but there's not many major cups where that's not the case, G. But I think we've got probably at least half a dozen genuine winning chances. I think Aurora Symphony is a, a really good chance of going back to back this year. They they came by the same race, the Colac Cup. They won that. He comes here second up, which is a lot different to last year, but I'm not really that concerned about that. If had some residual fitness, and the Colac Cup win was really impressive. He draws just to get the same run he did last year, and uh, at an each way price, I think he's um, he's the way that I'm looking, Aurora Symphony. Well, what are you doing here, Bear, in the Cup? I'm um, sort of a little bit similar to Snap. I think the Hobart Cup win and military mission is definitely the one to beat. Should get the same sort of run it got at Hobart. I think as a ranker brings a bit of a different form line. It's about 20, 25 to 1. Uh, it's drawn a really nice gate. So I think it's it's some chance. Agree with Snap with his on-top selections and my numbers. And I think travelling Jigalo to the Hobart Cup will run well as well. What about the inevitable? He's what price now? We bet 365 around $1.40. Um, many good judges say he should be $1.20, Bear. Yeah, well, they've led us on most times, this preparation, but I don't think there's any need to touch the $1.45. But if you want to put in a multi, I suppose you could, mate. But just hope he's winning again tomorrow. Well, he should be winning if you want to go to the All-Star Mile. He should win by about five lengths, you would imagine, Bear. Yeah, well, just, he could have probably won by five at Hobart, but David looked after him, mate. So um, it is a horse race. So, um, yeah. The horse is really well, so we're confident we're going to run a really good race again. What are your specials on this card, um, Snapper? What are you thinking? Well, we've only got markets on um, the three feature races at, at this stage, G, but pretty keen to be with Lalo Pluck, I think, in the Royal Rambo, which is race six on the program. And Bear and I have discussed a bit on our podcast this season. He's probably one of the most improved horses in the state, this bloke. He's down at Seven Mile Beach with Scotty Brunton. He's a horse known to have a few issues with his legs, but they've got him spot on. He savaged the line behind Rebel Factor last time in the Labrake Stakes. Third there was Turk Warrior, who won with ease on Sunday. He's drawn poorly. Um, that might just help us get a better price, though. I think he's flying, and with any luck, he might be too good. So you're right, this opener, G. It's sort of big fields. I think we'll be working pretty hard to find a winner outside of the inevitable. But um, Lalo Pluck's one I'm, I'm pretty keen to get involved with. Love it. What about you, Bear? What are we doing? I'm keen on race nine, number four, Reward Achiever each way. It opens sort of 11 and $12. Horses in this race are going really well, but I think there's a few distant doubts. And this horse loves the 1,400 metres at Mowbray. So Cody Jordan will have it um, close to the pace and hopefully it's just too good and it skips clear on the turn. And we all... Uh, Roar as one, Gareth, and uh, get the cash. And um, Jack Higgins, who's been on fire for the mailbag, he likes Embella to win the, the Vamos Stakes for Tommy Dabernick. 
Um, says it's a good thing. Snapper at Launceston. And Bell Pine Miss, race one, best of the day each way. So that's a midweek masterclass. Yeah, Jack Higgins told me that he's already been paid out on Embella. Um, okay. And he's been following me around with Bell Pine Miss. So I'm not surprised he's, he's given that one out. Mm. But um, no, he's been going all right, Hugo. So good on him. Can you just watch out for Bear yesterday? Because he loves the Richie Robertson, even though he's from the north. Is it Launceston? There, that's what's is Launceston in the north, isn't it? You're from the south. I got to get that right. Um, no wonder I'm not invited back to Tassie. Um, Bear just like he laps it up. He stays at the golf club, etc. And um, last year he was he was owning winners as well. And I think he kissed Scotty Brunson on the lips. So who knows what he'll do if the inevitable taste success. Turn but, it up, Gareth. Turn it up. Now, now, you've done your campaign pretty well, I thought, for the All-Star Mile. I think you'll definitely make it into the top ten. But we might need you to do a little bit of this. Surely you've got a famous singer or someone that you could do to make up a song about the inevitable because, once again, this is what the mailbag team did yesterday. When there's a little horse waiting at the bottom of the English lot He's been waiting down there, waiting for a race They never ever see him from the top He gets pushed around, knocked to the ground He gets to his feet and he screams What about kids? It isn't fair He's had enough, now he wants his share, can't you see? He wants to race, and now you must vote for Keith. So, oh, brilliant stuff, Nolsey, once again. Can you give us a song? Can you give us something for the inevitable as we go out? No. Here. Come on, That's Bear. It. Shake it, no, shake Garrett. it, shake it, shake it, baby, no, or something Garrett. like that, Bear. No, mate. No, mate, I'm too conservative for that. I'll pay that, though. That's elite areas there. But uh, we just sort of went down the Jack Jumpers area, mate. So I think that's pretty big as well. So hats off to the uh, guy on the group. Well, you've probably got the T-shirts made up, have you already? Gareth, you know that I had nothing to do with that. Maybe if uh, we get to the All-Star Mile, maybe Scotty Brunton and Teagan can do a duet or something like that. Oh, yes. Maybe as long as uh, I think Scotty, Scotty Brunt should play out the, 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 the messages he sends to his owners. They might, oh. might get him a few votes. He's a fascinating character, your trainer, Bear. Hey, Snap, it's always a pleasure, mate. You enjoy Launceston Cup Day, Matty Reid. Always do. We'll miss you, Dee. We'll have yep. one for you tonight. Hey, is this Pete Staples' last day on the job? Uh, yeah, as good as, as yep. good as. He's, uh, he's going on a cruise after tomorrow. So um, yeah, I had breakfast with Stapes this morning. He's, he's looking forward to it. Well, on behalf of everyone on Giddy Up and SEN Track, can you just send our um, congratulations for a stellar career? He's been the heart and soul of Tassie Racing for so long and um, he, loves the, he loves the industry. He loves the participants across the three codes. And I tell you what, he's lucky they, they've got someone like you to take his place. Um, but... He should be proud of the work that he's been able to do in promoting Tassie Racing. So if you could pass that on to Stapes, that would be much appreciated. Certainly will. Well said, Jay. Good on you, Bear and Snapper. Good luck. See you, Gary. Time for a quick break, and then we're facing the breeze because there's plenty to talk about in the sport of harness racing. On Giddy Up, Facing the Breeze, with Anthony Butt and Jack Trainer. 
near the turn. It's Captain Ravishing, third quarter, 27. Leads by four or five metres on catch a wave, and this pair have burst away. He just wanted to hang in a shade. The leader is Captain Ravishing. Pitt gets to work, trying hard as catch a wave. It's Captain Ravishing. He's still clear. He leads by four metres, inch by inch. Catch a wave is cutting back the margin. Here comes Catch a Wave. Dives up, grabs the captain. Catch a Wave wins the chariots. Catch a Wave is beaten in second. Posse. Captain what a night Ravishing. of harness racing was. It was an interesting night there at Tabcourt Parkman Angle. But Catch a Wave defeating Captain Ravishing as I say hello to the Facing the Breeze team. Anthony, first of all, I'll start with you. Jack Trainer also with us. I guess the question is, Captain Who? <laughs> yeah, uh, week can be a long time in racing yes. now. So, uh, you know, he still went good, but he did. he's just been by a better horse. So, did we overrate Captain Ravishing or disrespect Catch a Wave, Jack Trainer? Uh, I think we might have disrespected Catch a Wave. I, I don't think you can take um, any credit away from him. He down at the tradesman way, and um, yeah, to be able to sit outside Captain Ravishing, who still, as Ant said, win a great race, I think. Uh, all the praises to go to catch a wave, and uh, he's an exciting horse. Hey, Jack, you've driven a lot at Menangle. Do you see horses hanging like Captain Ravishing did? Can horses that are not used to racing at that circuit do that from time to time? Well, no, not like that. Gareth, as a rule, obviously, it's a big 1,400-metre track with great bends, and um, I suppose he was sort of even getting in up the straight. I think he took out a few market pegs before he even straightened, so yep. something a little bit off there maybe with him, but um, yeah, I'm sure Clayton and Emma will iron him out, but at that level, you can't be afford to be hanging. You've got to be as straight as an arrow. And it looked like, Ants, that Catch a Wave was right on the top of his game and Captain Ravishing was just a little bit off, and that can be the difference when you're racing against these class of standard Bretts. Yeah, I think it just goes to show what a great trainer Andy Gath is. You know, like he peaked him for last Saturday night. You know, the week before, they drove him conservatively, had him running home nice, and probably... The, took a little gamble, even making the final, you know, the way it turned out, he just scraped in. But as uh, you know, he's had a great preparation and he's looked after him. And um, as I said, he was peaking for the the night, whereas the other horse, he was, um, you know, he's been going to war every week and uh, it probably just, you know, made the difference. Yeah. And catch a wave, Jack. I thought it was a really good drive by Kate Gath as well to not panic when she got to the breeze and think, well, I've still got a, I've still got one of the best horses here, and I'll try and dictate this race or try and rate him in um, from outside this leader in Captain Ravishing. And I thought it was a gem of a drive under the circumstances. Yeah, she done everything she could from the draw, and and obviously um, kept it pretty simple and just got straight outside him rather than trying to be too clever and and, and look for spots. And it was probably the winning of the race. And and I think what people need to remember too is. Um, you know, we had a lot of rain that night and, yeah. and the track, although it held up good, it was still very spongy. So I would have loved to have seen what they would have run clockwise um, if the day, if the rain hadn't had come. I, I reckon, in fairness to catch a wave, I think that's every bit of a low for 148. So it was wow. quite an incredible run. So when you, when you um, analyse the track like you just did then, Jack, so both horses have gone extremely well. So we can, we, because we expected Captain Ravishing to win at a dollar twenty, he still he still ran a big race in front. Yeah, he's gone a great race, but um, at the end of the day, the, all the accolades go to Catch a yep. Wave. He he sat outside him and he beat him fair and square. So uh, whether or not, I mean, 
moving forward, those two might have some great wars. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's any need to talk about Captain Ravishing. The night belongs to catch a wave. Yeah, I think the vet was looking at Captain Ravishing yesterday, Ants. Um, if he's okay and ready to go, if he gets invited, would you come back to Sydney for a miracle mile? Oh, it's a hard one, Gareth. You don't like going to these big races under a cloud. And um, so, yeah, you know, that's probably a big decision for the camp to make. You know, he's not going to just rock up and beat them like we thought he might have been going to this time, you know, last week. So, but yeah, it's a million dollars. He's probably, the boom's off him now a little bit and they can probably drive him a little bit more conservatively. You know, he doesn't have to be out um, doing all the work all the time. So, yeah, I'd probably still give it a shot. Now, I know you Kiwis stick together, and I know you'll probably stick up for your man, Mickey, and Mickey Gurren, who believes it's his his opinion is the only one that counts in the sport of harness racing the other day. And I'm glad he's not on the board of um, an angle because um, Captain Ravishing wouldn't be getting a start in the, the Miracle Mile. This is what our mate Mickey G had to say about Catch a Wave when we had that debate at the Caracas sales whether he should have gained a start of course, in the AG Hunter Cup there a couple of weeks ago in Victoria. Old Town Road would brain catch away. Do you think so? I don't know. Honestly, this is a no bias. Catch away shouldn't be there. If he went round, he'd be $25. If, if he led, he'd be nearly favourite. If he drew the pole... If he, if he led, he would finish on place. I don't know. So what's he smoking these days in Auckland, your mate Mickey G, Jack? Yeah, we smoking something, Gareth. Yeah. But um, yeah, I had to eat my words a bit too. I didn't have him in my Hunter Cup field either, so oh. just shows. But none of us are experts. But um, yeah, he's an exciting horse, and yeah, Mickey G's one of a kind. And I still reckon he'd still argue with you, black and blue, yeah. if you hit him up again today. He would still argue to me right now. Um, argue to me, um, answered he, he was right. Yeah, well, um, he may do, Gareth, but uh, I'm pretty sure he's wrong. Yes. I think as they as they say in the classics, that's um, game, set, and match, really. He should have been in the Hunter Cup. It was a missed opportunity, Ants, by Harness Racing yeah. Victoria. Let's be honest. Yep, and yeah, definitely, Gareth, I'm with you. I think we've got to, you know, check in the unknown factor sometimes. Add a bit of excitement to these races, and, you know, they mightn't all come off, but uh, as you said, he would have had... Um, you know, more chance and added so much to the race, you know, as, instead of a couple of others that did make the field. So I just hope, you know, and I'm sure they will at New South Wales will put Captain Ravishing in if they if they want to go. So, you know, that's what we need in the game, yeah. you know. We and don't it, want a horse that's battled into fourth in the heats that's uh, set four fence and got fourth and struggled in where, you yeah. know, an exciting machine that uh, adds so much interest. Well, if he was in Victoria and if Mickey Gurren was picking the field, he wouldn't get in. Captain Ravishing, but Jack Menangle do it a little bit differently, thank God. So if he wants to come, they'll give him a star and he'll add a lot to the race. It's a decision now whether the camp will come. But the message I got yesterday from Hastabia saying that um, Clayton believes that if he comes through all of those tests from the vet, that you'll see a different horse. So the talk has already started, which I love. Yeah, well, obviously, um, if the vet's there, they'll find if something's amiss and hopefully they put the horse first. But I, I think Menangle probably would give him a wild card. Obviously, um, the sprints this week are wide open. There's going to be some hard luck stories in this year's Miracle Mile for sh- of horses not getting in. But he is still a, well, he was a $2.50 favourite there at one stage for the Miracle Mile. So 
it would be hard to leave him out. And as Ant said, he's now he's got that little cloud of can he bounce back and can he go better. It, it does bring an excitement to the race. So I'm pretty certain Manang would, would invite him in. Don't go anywhere, boys. We'll take the news and we'll come back with plenty more. We'll dissect those big races coming up on Saturday night at Tabcourt Park, Manangle. Welcome back. This is Facing the Breeze. Um, I'm giddy up on this Tuesday morning. Boy, I'm excited about the meeting at Tabcourt Park, Manangle on Saturday night. We've got a couple of group ones. It's ladies night, basically. We have the Ladyship Mile, which is a race dominated by a man, Jack Trainer. And also, of course, the New South Wales Oaks. Jack, we'll start with you. Looking at the field for the Ladyship Mile, um, geez, I'm confident with one here. I just think the map works out perfectly for Brave You Cali. Sits 1-1 on the back of Tough Tilly, then pulls out at the top of the straight and goes Wooshka. Um, do you share my confidence? Yeah, well, if it sounds easy, Gareth, so if you don't mind just relaying that message to Cam Hart and tell him that's what we want to be doing. But, yeah... On paper, number draw, it doesn't look ideal. No one really wants to be out of nine. But, um, yeah, with Tough Tilly out in ten, it gives you a bit of confidence that if she rolled forward, she might find some good cover. And, um, yeah, she's she seemed really well. She's come through all her runs really well. And, um, yeah, hopefully she just hasn't peaked a week early. She was brilliant last start. So I think um, she's probably my best chance of the three. Okay. So Stylish Memphis, she has been superb in this race the last couple of years. Are you happy with her? Yeah, I am, Gareth. I'm sort of, she's sort of been a little bit disappointing at the races without being too hard on her. She's been perfect at home and everything says that she's always as good as what she's ever been in the previous two years. But just on race day, she probably just hasn't been letting down mm. like the stylist Memphis of old. But she's drawn pretty handy in a middle middle row draw. She'll be able to do no work. And she's still sort of near going good enough. If the race was run upside down, she can definitely still win it. It would be lovely to send her out winning three in a row. Yeah, she's been a wonderful man. There's no doubt about that. Ants, I can't believe like you've been um, Jack Trainer's idol throughout um, his career. He's looked up to you, but he can't give you a drive when he's got multiple runners in a Group One. No, and he should know, Gareth, that yeah. I'm the the best team man ever. So with yes. three in the race, you'd think he'd be have something organised, wouldn't you? But yeah. No, they they soon forget these young fellas. No, yeah, unbelievable. Um, let's... He's mired or off the track, not on the track. Yeah, <laughs> uh, got it wrong. Yeah. What about the Schweppes Sprint Group Two? Um, this is an interesting race. Bondi Lockdown Barrier One, Spirit of Saint Louis Three. Now, Jason Grimson had a chat to him. Um, he's been saying this to his rivals for the last couple of months. You better zip it, and he's got that pacer from Gate Five. Hurricane Harley. Six, Penny Tiger, seven, triple eight, eight. I cast no shadow, nine. And then BD Joe Seuss Bromac. Um, what do you think about this race, Ant? It's a, it's a fascinating contest, especially with Bondi lockdown drawing barrier number one. Yeah, well, I guess it all comes down to the Prince again, doesn't it? If he's going to, if Jack has a word to him, he's going to hold up like he did at Ballarat and uh, Bondi lockdown's on his back, um, you know, Brings those two right into it, but a lot of gate speed out wide as well. So yep. it's going to be a burn that first two or three hundred. But um, you know, I think Luke and uh, the Prince they hold the key with the draws I've got. So I guess it will uh, just depends what Jack has says to him later in the week. Yeah. So I thought the Prince handled himself beautifully the other night at Melton under a little bit of pressure from his his friends and his rivals. What do you think, here, Jack? What do you make of this race? 
Well, I know one thing, the Cobbard Equine Camp, they're bloody blessed when it comes to these draws. It's like they've picked their own and um, <laughs> it makes it awfully hard with Bondi Lockdown 1 and Spirit of St. Louis 3, but uh, I highly doubt the Prince. I think he learned his lesson that um, in the Hunter Cup. I don't think he'd be holding up in that race. And if he did, I'd be more than happy to go and put Grimo's big red horse straight outside him. All right, then. What about in the Group 2 other qualifier for the Miracle Mile? Where you've been bopping looks the leader. Uh, Major Meister, hopefully he can bounce back to his best. You've got Expensive Ego, uh, Honolulu Bay, the Hunter Cup winner, Ants. If you had to drive one horse in this race and we've got better Eclipse also engaged, which horse would you like to be driving? Well, I think Honolulu Bay is the class horse, Gareth. Um, you know, the form horse probably in the field, but he's drawn the worst, so he's going to have to be good to win from there. So no, it's a pretty even field, you know, a lot of chances. It's probably not as strong as the first heat, but, um, you know, a lot of chance. Ultra wise guy, even him, he's had two unlucky runs now in Aussie and um, he'll need the right run, but he's he's very quick off the horse's back. So, yeah, it's a t- tough race to pick this. Yeah, which one would you like? Or who's the biggest danger in your eyes there, Jack? Because you're driving Cranbourne, with all due respect to D. Aiken's got not much of a chance, I don't think, there on Saturday night. Who's your biggest danger? Yeah, you'd think Honolulu Bay, like yep. said, is a class runner, but it is going to be tough. And it goes back to, like I said, there's going to be some horses in this race that are in great form in these two heats that are going to miss out on a um, into uh, sorry a Miracle Mile spot. So, yeah, it's going to be some great racing and I'm um, looking forward to being part of it. I'll give you a tip, um, Jack. I think Ann Turnbull will put on a clinic in the Derby heats. He's nearly the, the informed trainer drive of of New South Wales. I know you're on fire of late, but boy, he could train. He's just, he could, he's just on fire. I've never seen a man dominate, especially in country New South Wales. So I think he'll dominate the Derby heats. He's got what on deadline. He goes really well. And he's star three-year-old better be the best, the group one winner. Who's your best on Saturday night, Jack? Um, it would probably, yeah, you're right with Nathan. Ever since you took surface off and he's been flying, <laughs> Gareth, you were holding him back, I think. He's well, got some good stock in his I, bar now. I tell so. you what, Graham DeWye makes you all look, you two look like amateurs. He just made you look silly with the dominance he's done with that horse since he, he took over in Queensland. I didn't want to bring oh, it I'm, up. You bring I'm it up. because I've got another truckload for him to come. So that, that's good for me. <laughs> uh, my best, uh, it's probably still going to be stylish Memphis. Um, yep. You know, you can't ride her off. And I'm also happy with where um, Sky Blue drew in the Oaks. She drew two, went well on Saturday night. So she's a knockout hope too. No, she won't win. Peace will be winning the Oaks. And what about you, Ants? Have you got a winner for us this week? Uh, we've got a few on Thursday night at Melton, Gareth, or Thursday, I'm not sure. Um, got a little filly called Lady of the Arts. It's big on ability, but bad on manners. But uh, if it gets it right, I think it'll be pretty hard to beat. Unlike a Lady of Arts to be bad on manners. Um, we wish you the best of luck, Ant. And Jack, big time, big stage on Saturday night. Um, don't disappoint your fans. And I might sign up for the fantasy competition and just put you as my number one seed. Shut me in, Gareth. It's ladies' night. This is when I'm going to do my best work. Yeah, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Ants. Thanks, Gareth. There's Anthony Barton, Jack Trainer. That is facing the breeze on this Tuesday. Um, Yeah, we'll preview those races in a little bit more detail as well when the markets come out as we get closer to that big night of harness racing there in Sydney. Um, We'll take a quick break. We've got a couple of special guests coming up next. It's 
Pick your own horse at the 2023 Melbourne Yearling Sale when we talk to the Nutrient Equine team and Mark Barton and his special guests in Shannon Nixon and Craig Judd. Great to be with you on this Tuesday morning. This is Giddy Up and uh, pick your own horse at the 2023 Melbourne Yearling Sale. What a catalogue it promises to be. And Mark Barton, the boss of Nutrient Equine, joins us on the line with our great mate Craig Judd as well from Ben Stud Standard Breads and they've been one of the leading farms in this part of the world for many a year now. First of all, Mark, good morning to you, mate. Where do we find you on this Thursday or Tuesday morning, I should say? Mate, I'm in, I'm in sunny Victoria. I'm actually yep. uh, just out of Bacchus Marsh at um, Shannon Nixon's at Nixon Bloodstock. And okay. Shannon's just up to shut a gate. So he said, another good birchip boy, mate. Yes, and I'll tell you what, he's got some nice yearlings, they tell me, um, at that farm. Yeah, look, exciting couple of yearlings here, mate. I, I guess the, um, the one that everyone... Um, uh, we'll be taking a, a look at. He's got a, a wonderful colt by Captain Treacherous out of Carlos Pixel. So, Carlos Pixel, obviously, you know, a, a fantastic family, but the first foal out of that out of that mare. So, uh, that's one. And then he's got a beautiful Art Major, um, okay. yeah, Art Major filly. So, yeah, he's got a got a lovely little draft this year. Well, the man that taught Shadow Nixon everything he knows about breeding a horse is Craig Judd from Ben Stud Standard Bred. Judd, hello to you. I'm very well, Gareth. Thank you. You, you taught him a lot, but not everything. Is that right? Uh, no, mate. He was uh, well. He was had it well under control before I come along. He's bred some fantastic horses, Shannon. It's uh, it's an absolute credit to him. Now, Juddy and Shannon Nixon, Mark, and why we have got Juddy? You were the the two, and hopefully it's okay with me saying this, but you were instrumental in making the shift from APG to Nutrient, and um, you must be pretty pleased with the move now, Juddy. Yeah, absolutely, Gareth. Yeah, uh, look. You know, there was early conversation uh, with APG just to, to make some subtle changes and that didn't sort of, they didn't see the need to do that. So we went across and spoke to Mark Barton at Nutrient. We'd already seen what the, you know, what the Nutrient team had done with Tamworth and they're just, a, you know, a trusted brand and, and a very transparent company. And then when we met Mark, well, that was just a given. So uh, what Mark's brought to the table is all the things that uh, we felt that um, yeah, the, the new sales company needed. So, yeah, we, we jumped across. Shannon was part of that. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm very, very proud of, to, of our association and, and, you know, absolutely wrapped to the job that Mark's doing. Now, I found my favourite lot from Ben Studd. Now, I might be completely wrong here, but it's a cult by Sweet Lou out of Menage, the sport rider mare. Um, I'll yeah, have a look at I, it. I didn't mind her. Yeah, uh, it's certainly I, I've seen her a few times. Yep. Uh, I was actually down there on the week uh, the weekend before last, and brother-in-law, Law Mark, was an absolute. Uh, he was trying to talk me into keeping it, but that won't be happening. Um, she'll be going through the ring, and yeah, she's a, she's a really really nice filly. So we obviously bought the mare, being uh, a full sister to uh, you know a star. Uh, that was just, you know, unfortunately went amiss and American bred. So, yeah, yeah we got a, we got a fairly high hopes for that, man. What do you think your best slot will be come the Melbourne Nutrient Sales, mate? Oh, I'll skip the Melbourne uh, lot, Mark. Um, yes. Gareth, uh, jump across to Sydney, uh, which is, you know, where I'm sort of based up here in Crookwell and I'm hands-on yep. with the, the Sydney ones on a daily basis. Uh, we, look, we've got some outstanding types here and, uh, you know, some there. There's a couple there that are just sort of sneaking under the radar a little bit, which sort of staggers me a little bit. There's one, a really nice uh, Captain Treacherous cold out of a mare called My Major Rocket. She won 110000 She's had one foal that's already left three winners by uh, betting line. 
and her the third dam of uh, of my major rocket is Kate's first, which is assisted to Christian Cullen. And it just staggers me. He's, a, he's an outstanding type of horse and a really you know, great-natured horse. And he just seems to be sliding through. And no one seems to be picking up on, on those genetics further back. And uh, he's a really nice horse. I think um, Emilio's colt, uh, you know, is is, is going to take uh, a hell of a lot of uh, beating Cherry Stride. Yes. He's probably one of our best lots. Uh, and then we've got a uh, art major cult out of a mare called Perfectly Imperfect. Its first foal is naturally gifted. And uh, he's as good a type of cult as I've ever prepped in terms of style. He, he, he sort of reminds me a bit of um, my field marshal. Okay. He's that style. Yeah, he's a gorgeous animal. That'll do us. Now, Mark, were you happy? Obviously, it's, it's, it's good to keep a close eye on the New Zealand sales. Does that give you confidence heading towards the Sydney and then we head to the Gold Coast and then back to Melbourne for the for the Melbourne sales on the first of April. Look, mate, I, I think definitely. Look, if you look at the, the top end of the market, it was very strong. Yeah. Um, I know they had a, a a little bit quieter sale yesterday with the, just that they have a, a separate trotting sale where we like to actually combine ours. Um, looking at day one though, to see a treacherous make three hundred, a treacherous make two seventy, and the three hundred thousand dollar was a filly. Yeah. Um, Lot one of What the Hill um, Trotting Colt made 100,000. Uh, but what was also great to see, uh, always be Mickey, 115, two art majors over 100. Um, we'll just say to um, uh, Gareth that uh, Shannon's actually shut that gate and he's back oh, beautiful. Now. He wanted to just put, he's on the speaker, so he's listening in. Hey, Shannon, good Hello, morning, Gareth. mate. Welcome to Giddy Up. Now, they tell me you've got a couple of nice horses. The Carlos Picks will be nice. How much will I need? Um, oh... <laughs> I don't know, Gareth. I, I'd like to think he might. Um, he, he might uh, hopefully bring a hundred. Would be yep. uh, a good day's work for me, I would say. Um, but um, look, he's a real nice colt, as you know. The market on the day uh, it'll depend on a lot of factors, and I think um, what we've seen in, in New Zealand has shown that the market at the top end has held held up really well. And I guess the wash up will be on Wednesday when they've finished putting their horses through and see if there's any. Um, you know, what the overall numbers are, mate, because obviously um, we'll be no different to other areas of the economy, the horse the horse purchasing part of the economy, and um, I think there's a lot to play out. So hopefully, mate, the market's still strong enough, mm. and um, hopefully uh, not only the top end get looked after, but, um, yeah, I mean, these guys at Nutrien, they've assembled a catalogue of some, I think, in excess of 800 horses this year on the eastern seaboard. So um, there's a lot of talent to be done, and, um, yeah, hopefully... Uh, we can have a strong sale. And Juddy, you had a dream with Mark and, and Nico as well to go to Queensland and set up their sales. Now I'll be in park and jumped on board. We had a chat to Greg Mitchell there the other day. Um, a lot of interstate vendors have headed to Queensland as well. There'll be a lot of interstate buyers. Um, geez, I'm excited to see what their sales can do. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic concept and uh, it didn't take a lot of talking into uh, to get me to take. We've got nine going up there. Uh, so any trip to Queensland, uh, yeah. count me in. So uh, as I said, it's the horses that got to go up in the float, not me. So I'm uh, I'm actually really excited and looking forward to getting up there. And the boys, are, they're promoting it really well. And there's a lot of positivity around the Queensland with the, you know, they've sort of offset the, the breeding tax that's been thrust upon us. And uh, and and uh, I think I think it'll be a really strong sale up in Queensland. Yeah, we'll be up there for Giddy Up, mm. and hopefully we can find a Eureka winner there. Um, Nico, can you find one for us throughout the eight hundred oh, horses know. on sale? Oh, <laughs> that'll be hard to, to source. But 
I tell you, um, your mate uh, Mick Harvey and Mick's got some yep. some nice horses at my place at the moment as well. But Mick seems to have a knack of. Uh, I don't know whether he's getting some uh, taps on the shoulder from uh, old mate Gareth to choose him, but you two between you have chosen some nice horses, Gareth. So I don't think you'd be getting any advice from me on how to get a Eureka runner. No, well, we might. I'll, I'll see if I can borrow Mick's checkbook. We might buy the Carlos Pixel. <laughs> um, we'll see how we go. Mark gives us credit. Um, we'll appreciate that. But um, nah, Mark, you've done extremely well with this catalogue. Uh, make sure that Shannon takes you to the Bacchus Marsh Bakery. It's the best going around. I'm actually enjoying a, a coffee from the bakery right now that okay. um, Shannon, Shannon did bring back for me earlier. But no, it's it's good. I guess on the Queensland one, I, I think yep. the, the big the big difference for us, mate, has been just the can-do attitude of racing Queensland and the club, um, which has just made every door open. You know, which has been fantastic to get the draft there to work with Magic Millions, the 125,000 Sunshine Stars. Look, it's a really yep. good add-on. So those young horses, 300,000, they'll chase with the Nutrient and the uh, Sunshine Stars races, two-year-olds, which is what it's about, isn't it? Getting more opportunity for these buyers to have to place them in good races. Yep, can't wait. Thanks for that, boys. We'll talk to you as we get close to these sales as well. Good on you, Nico. Thanks for that, Mark. And um, Juddy, um, enjoy your day as well. Good on you, Gareth. Thanks, mate. There, there mate. we go. Pick your own horse at the 2023 Melbourne Yearling Sale. Register at nutrientequine.com.au.